know this because I hate this MMO. But everybody was like, dude, they just copied the Guild Wars 2 uh, mount system. But hold up now. Hold up now. That's not necessarily bad news. And let me explain why. And Asmongold's the one who said so I'm ripping it straight out of his mouth. We're back to the glory days of Blizzard then. Because that's what Blizzard has done since the existence of Blizzard. Take yes. great ideas, rip them off, make them better than they've ever been presented before. True. That's true. what Blizzard does. That's it's what they, the whole Blizzard was based off of that. Yeah. Warcraft is a straight ripoff. The whole Warcraft of, universe. Yeah. 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 So uh, that's good news. They're ripping off people again. Great. That's what, they, that's what they're good at. So keep doing that. Welcome to the party. We are looking for more of your podcast for all things gaming with a focus on MMOs, RPGs, game development, and gaming culture. I'm your host, Phoenix, also known as Samorg. I'm joined today by our returning party members. Let's welcome back Renfell. Also, welcome back the Nathan Napalm. Hey, everybody. Glad to be back. And welcome back, Daedalus. Hello, everyone. AKA your hash and Herald. Okay. Gentlemen, we, we've got a lot to talk about. Um, a big point of discussion is for me at least, and probably data list too. And, and who knows, you guys are probably going to chime in plenty on this too. It's going to be world of Warcraft's most recent uh, oh, announcement. Yeah. But uh, before yeah. we dig in, we got to give a shout out to all of the supporters here on Twitch, YouTube, and Patreon. Thank you so much for keeping this party's bagged. Packs stocked for pre or stocked with provisions. Well, that's the first time I botched it up. Stocked with provisions <laughs> here for all of our adventures here on the show. Um, also, if you'd like to show the show some love, you can go over to our twin or our pinned. Wow, I'm just on a roll today. Pinned tweet. <laughs> blah, blah. Too much brain worked. Too much today already is the problem. Uh, but you can go over to Twitter. Go to the pin post right there at the top. You'll see all the links to the podcast places. Go over to iTunes. Show us some love. Leave us a comment, if you will. Five-star review. Greatly appreciate it. And if you leave a comment there, we'll read it live on the show. Also, you can call in to 1-539-664-6801. Leave us a message. And if it's appropriate, we will play it just like we did last week. Um, gentlemen. We've got a lot to talk about today. Why don't we catch up on what we've been up to since last time? No particular order here. No, For I'm me, it's like, just been... Go ahead, Dave. Yeah. No, 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 everybody go, go ahead, once, Renfell. right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got to call on us. you got to yeah. pick somebody. All right. <laughs> Renfell. Discuss. <laughs> uh, just been busy doing weaving Void stuff. Because the book, the books yeah. are coming out June 1st. We're kicking off the live stream campaign on June 5th. So I've just been... Buckled down with that, um, getting all the final things done. Just published published uh, publish chapter seventeen today, this morning actually, and been working a lot on prepping a big, huge project nineteen ninety nine thing that we've got coming in May. Um, we're gonna be streaming some fun old school P ninety nines, getting all that stuff done, and um, yeah, lots of reading because uh, I'm working my way through. The Lord of the Rings right now for Mondays Ooh. in Middle Earth. So it's, it's been fun. It's been nice, relaxing. I'm settled. We're pretty much settled nice. in. We got a carpenter coming tomorrow. We actually finally getting this. We had to move our bed in here for a couple of days, and now we're moving it back out because the carpenter's going to be in here tomorrow. But it's slowly coming together. Um, yeah. One day at a time, man. How about you, Nathan? 
Yeah, uh, you know, uh, I've been uh, finishing up my my day job, uh, getting everything wrapped up and uh, ready for them to live life without me. And um, uh, I've also been working on some art for the aforementioned uh, tabletop uh, fifth edition some of campaign. It. Um, yeah, so we're getting to the really fun artwork now. So um been working on that. And, uh, of course, I've been playing uh, Elden Ring and also really pissed off because the game runs so much better on PS4 Pro and that's bull crap. Um, so that's, I've started over and playing on that. Cause like, dude, if you get good on PC with all the kind of weird frame rate problems it has, uh, when you play it without those problems, you become suddenly a God amongst men. Uh, I mean, I've just been tearing through it. Um, and then lots of new projects I've been working on as well. Right on, man. Uh, uh for me, I'm just honestly just, Pretty Tell boring. Yeah. <laughs> it is sold at nice. the inspection. Now I'm just yeah. waiting to hear nice. what, if anything, they want. But it is a pretty quick close and close in, in the next, honestly, little over a week now. And then by that time as well, by this time next week, I will be getting to my new place. So by Friday, I think I'll be moved in. Fingers are crossed. Are you going to be buying again, or are you just going to say screw it and I'm just going to rent from here on out? Um, I'm renting. I would say for I would the relative short term, like you know about you know 15 months or so, because the market's crazy, and I know yeah. my dollars are going to go as far as it um, as it would have like a couple of years back, even when. I actually bought the place so yeah I'm, I'm definitely downsizing and going into something a little more hip and downtown so there's there's also something to be said i know a lot of investors talk about how it's just not worth it to actually buy a home because of that and inflation all this other stuff a lot of yeah. people actually talk about how it's better to just rent and have other things where the income coming in is paying for the rent which i sort of subscribed to that belief for a very long time until I was able to pay for something in cash, which is right. a rarity. So then when that opportunity came along, I was like, we should, even though we had to basically step back in time, 20 years technology-wise going into the countryside, um, I, I will say the one thing I, do, I, I love about renting is if something breaks, not my fucking problem. Like, yeah. call the landlord and yeah. like that water heater, your problem pipes are bust your problem like and by law mm -hmm. they have to take care of it because of consumer protection stuff so that's the nice thing about renting yeah it's true yeah I'm, that's what mm -hmm. i'm looking forward to because it's definitely like i've i've taken stock the past few weeks about how much i spend because i own a home mm -hmm. and i would say it definitely as much as the rent is higher than the mortgage you more than make up for it with all the maintenance that you have to do so yeah i'm I'm looking forward to like the locale where I'm moving to as well as that, nice. that piece specifically, but hopefully in the next week, it'll be smooth sailing and I can nice. close the deal here and, and move on to the next chapter. Sweet. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I know. Like me, even for me, like I've been, I've been wanting to get a chunk of land just so I could build a home on or whatever, but like right now it's not happening. I'm, I'm waiting until like after the end of this year, probably before I even bother at this point. But, yes. um, yeah, it's hit and miss. I think it's some of it yeah. depends on where too, because like my brother, mm -hmm. um, who's selling my, his, his wife. Um, so my sister-in-law's father is wanting to move to Missouri to be close to them and the grandkids and everything. And so he actually mm. just did buy a place. So he got a place 
um, in a small rural town in Missouri near where they live, like 30 minutes away for, I think, 102,000 um, in town. You know, it's a it's a little, I think, three bed, two bath um, for 100 grand. And that's honestly, um, if you don't mind small town living and just a small plot of land in a small kind of rural farm town. Um, that's not a bad price to pay, mm-hmm. um, considering the same piece of property in Colorado is going to cost you half a million. Um, and and go to a place like California, and you can get a dump that's like seven hundred fifty thousand, and it's like it's right. falling apart. Uh huh. Yeah. I'm telling you. So it does just kind of. Some of it depends on where you go. I know. The, definitely People. the home value where I I'm at now is so much different than it was because i got way more house moving here initially than i did you know back home and yeah now it's it's the other way (laughs) now it's definitely like holy holy moly the real estate has just gotten crazy anyway yeah (laughs) oh it's it's all good you know what you know it's really crazy is uh i don't know about you guys but like i was looking at some of the news that came out with like lost ark recently I'm like, it is, uh, it's seeming more and more clear to me that the pay to win model, the pay to convenience pay to win model is like the new, it's like the norm, right? Like right now in like the Lost Ark game, I don't play it. I did, I did a chat about, chat around this because I saw a news article recently and they were basically talking about, you know, item level. We talk about item level about, uh, you know, as it relates to like MMOs a lot. I know Daedalus and I and Nathan and Ren, we, we've talked about this before. And I, I feel that item level is a really bad thing for an MMORPG. Um, yeah. If it's utilized and its purpose is more indicative of like into people like people that are basically have to get into like you know the a first a, a first like level raid or dungeon or something like if it's there as like a suggestion so you know about like what you need to be at to go in that's one thing but like when you can't even access the content without it and it's really difficult and this is in the case of like lost ark is really difficult to even achieve that without potentially having to upgrade your gear via their shop somehow and even being able to upgrade your gear or buy items, like when you get into that domain, that's 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 pay to win, right? I, I think yeah. pay for convenience at this point is being modified and modeled in a way that is is it is pay to win as well. But then you got people that go to the high extreme and are like, well, if a class is locked behind content and I can't play a class that's you know known to be the strongest choice because you have to buy the content that's pay to win. And I'm like, I don't know that I really agree with that. I mean, if it's like so, so dominating, like, I mean, severely dominating, you know, to where the numbers are, are just like, you know, like, uh, I don't know, like 20 or 30% greater across the board with that class. Well, clearly you need to like nerf it. I mean, nerfing, it's easy, right? If you can go do PVP or PV content, and there's an alternative to that class that's behind, you know, behind like a DLC or an expansion. I don't think having a class as a part of a DLC or expansion is really a I don't see that pay to win just because, well, I got the base game and I don't have access to it because I'd have to pay for it. That's stupid. You wouldn't be able to play the game unless you bought it in that case most of the time either. So, like, what do you you know what I mean? What do you mean? So the term pay to win and where like how we are really defining that, I think it's something that's going to start to have a lot more attention and i also think that and i think asmongold even said something about this and the, they had been cited in the article i believe as well which I, I agree with to an extent 
which was uh, something about basically like you're going to get shamed if you're somebody who's very obviously. But people already do that anyway if they know. But then it's like, how do you know? How can you always tell? Like you can't always tell and you can't always know that unless it's like a specific has a very specific appearance or a very specific way to inspect and see that somehow you're not actually going to know. But anyway, yeah. So I just saw that with, with lost Ark, and I'm like, it doesn't really like, but that didn't really surprise me. Cause that's also like a ported Eastern MMO game. You know what I mean? And that's yeah. kind of the norm in Eastern kind of what they do. And you know, that's how their monetization works yeah. really well in South Korea. Uh, so mm -hmm. it's, it's, gonna be baked into those games no matter what they tell you oh our publisher for the north american market we were changing it for you guys mm -hmm. yeah right we've heard that a million times um i don't know how quick we're going to be talking about the world of warcraft but it's super well, ties soon. into that why okay. don't we we can we can we can lead into that man why don't i'm just gonna i'm not even gonna like note anything specific but why don't you go in and lead in talk about world of warcraft and then we can we can start chatting about the the expansion reveal and some of the things that are changing in that game. Cause it's a, I think it's a big discussion that I definitely want to have because there are a lot of things that they are now seeming to actually have plans to change. And I think were very big things that were big reasons that I fell further away from the game. I'm going to just put a pin in that, but what do you, what do you, what do you think is the segue into wow in terms of monetization, Nathan? Well, really, you're, you're, I think you're thinking of the other side of the uh, World of Warcraft announcements. I was talking about mm. uh, more with the th the announcement of Wrath of the Lich King. Oh, God, which, talk about which, that. Which, That's well, on the table, too, yeah. Yeah, so I check this out, though. Listen, I know everybody's, like, freaking out and everybody's all being negative. But listen, right. dude, the announcement was pretty good. They said that everybody's going to get a boost. So not, I'm not talking about the cash shop. I'm talking mm. about you get a boost so that you can join your friends because a lot of people – have been waiting for this moment. They don't want to have yeah. to slog through um, uh, to get to that point to play with their friends. So you get a boost, so you can just jump right in the Wrath of Lich King. Oh, classic. Um, We're talking about classic, by the way, just, classic, in, case, just classic, in case no right. one's aware of what we mean, because you're probably going at Nathan. Uh, so they said yeah. that. They're adding new hairstyles and things that weren't in the game originally back then. And because they feel like the classic model seat, Wrath of the Lich King, probably everybody here knows, but just in case you don't, that was when the uh, group finder was introduced. And they, when they were talking about it, they were like, that kind of inadvertently weathered away our social system a bit. So we're not going to have the group finder in the classic version of Wrath of the Lich King. Yeah. We want you to go out and find your groups like you did before. That's um, actually, in my mind, that's like the, that's a big positive mm -hmm. in, yeah. my, in my mind. And yeah. it, and it's with the spirit of classic, right? Like, even though yeah. that's changing what Red Lich King was, yeah. now in hindsight, they say, let's do it again this time without it, right? Um, so mm. I'm pretty psyched about, I'm pretty psyched about the classic announcement. I thought it was pretty good. Now, let's move into, uh, let's talk about the new expansion for uh, <laughs> Dragon so, Slate. First of all, the big upset everybody's having right now is like that. I thought it was weird when they first announced it, like, oh, you can ride dragons. And I was like, dude, you can do that like already. That's weird. And then they're like, oh, you can do all this dive bomb and all this stuff. And I was like, oh, well, that's cool. They're actually making it, and you, you customize, you make your own dragon. I was like, ooh, that sounds really cool. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm sure there'll be unlockables for the dragon, all kinds of cool stuff like that. Then they announced a new dragon race. But Immediately, everybody started saying, and I wouldn't know this because I hate this MMO, but everybody was like, dude, they just copied the Guild Wars 2 uh, mount system. But hold up now. Hold up now. That's not necessarily bad news 
And let me explain why. And Asmongold's the one who said, so I'm ripping it straight out of his mouth. We're back to the glory days of Blizzard then. Because that's what Blizzard has done since the existence of Blizzard. Take yes. great ideas, rip them off, make them better than they've ever been presented before. True. That's true. what Blizzard does. That's it's what they, the whole Blizzard was based off of that. Yeah. Warcraft is a straight ripoff. The whole Warcraft of, universe. Yeah. 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 So uh, that's good news. They're ripping off people again. Great. That's what, they, that's what they're good at. So keep doing that, please. Put that, please. I need Are that. Are we talking life. about other developers or their actual customers? I don't know. Right. No, I mean, I mean ripping off other – well, they've been ripping off they're Ripping off people again, so that's great. So like, oh, wait a minute. We've been Sorry, ripping off the wrong people. I couldn't let that go, Nathan. I couldn't let rip it go, off their other developers, not the customer. Oh, my God. What have we been doing? <laughs> Wow, after 17 oh, years, God. let's listen to the community. Yeah. Holy shit, what a revelation. What? I mean, I'm I'm sorry. I, I, uh, one of the things that I, I didn't realize until I heard somebody say it. So I love Warcraft cinematics. Yes. Okay? I, that is like what I live for. Doesn't matter what expansion they mm -hmm. are. I mean, like to this day, even though I left during the like dead center of Shadowlands, um, and uh, there was that moment when Sylvanas like broke the crown that oh, just yeah. gave me chills. Right. And the prior expansions, when like even though I'm a like tried and true alliance player, when Sylvanas screamed for the horde again, gave me chills. Mm -hmm. This um, this cinematic literally had no heart i'm like okay there's a stone dude not really that well made his stuff is cracking while he's climbing up this thing and then he falls and i'm like oh well bye felicia right and then a dragon comes swoops in i just i didn't feel that moment that you get in every cinematic in history that I've ever seen. You know what right? your problem was, yeah. Daedalus? You didn't look deep enough into the stone face to actually see. Yeah, yeah, sorry. The stoic stone face. Was that Kristen Stewart playing the stone guy? I don't know. Oh, God. Been... <laughs> but but, but there was emotion it, inside. It was emotion wasn't inside. This like, but wasn't this supposed to be like a... I don't feel like this is the opening cinematic. Maybe it is, but I don't think it was. I think this was more of just a, we're teasing you. The leak is already out there. You know, it's about dragons. So we're going to kind of tease you and make you be like, wait a minute, what's happening here? Nathan. And then, and then they play with your lore a little bit when they showed the, whatever the tower thing is called. I oh, think that was, I think it was a play on the leak. Oh, I do. Nathan, I, I love how hopeful you, you, how much you allowance you give. I do. I'm telling you guys, you're gonna say, you got you're gonna a heart. Say. You give, you give you're gonna so say. much more chance hey, to developers. Hey, you guys are gonna say that is not the opening cinematic, bro. The game. But they don't ever you. show a but cinematic is, that looks that good. <laughs> they, they, they never show a cinematic that they put that kind of work into, unless it's their actual like their expansion cinematic. So if they actually put Dude. in to do that. Before they do their announcement cinematic, I'm going to actually be like really surprised. However, I think, so. I think so. I will say that actually I did. I did get a stir of emotion whenever Alex Draza like flew in and grabbed him. But because it was just cool, like to see this, like, you know, see dragons flying around and like, you know, the life binders like, you know, renewing life on the on the island. And that was like really cool. But here's the problem deep down i knew better and as i was watching i was like 
I remember things, friends. Like, for example, this is the end of the dragons. This is it. Our power is gone because of what it took for them to take down Deathwing in the first place. I know what it said in the dialogue because I bust my eyes to kill that coagulated fuck. So I know, okay? That's right. He was a coagulated dragon. That's what we were left with at the end of Kata when we fought Deathwing, right? Feels bad, man. That's that's a horrible, horrible fight to fight a dragon. Final Fantasy 14 has amazing dragon fights in comparison. I'm just saying. But but seriously, they they ex like expended their dragon essence. Do you remember that? There weren't the dragons were supposed to be no more like there was no more. The dragons are doing great things in the world now. Yeah, and but that was before. But wait a minute. To be fair, that was before Bastards. Blizzard was going bankrupt. Right. So, <laughs> you know, the dragons will come back. True. <laughs> you have to see it coming. What are you going to do? Like, the our, Lord's through it anyway. So just, you know, you know whatever, whatever. Just do what I you got to do now. <laughs> like, seriously. Suspend your disbelief, my friend, right? <laughs> yeah. Just whatever. Do whatever you got to do to make it fun, guys. I was you know, like, you just, oh, like, of course, it's going to be another hidden island. Right, where have we yeah. heard that before? Yeah. Mr. Pandaria, yeah. an island shrouded in the fog oh, of the whatever, wait. and you're like, we got to talk about the new race. I think it looks freaking dumb. Anybody else? I, I was going to think it looks dumb I was like, too. Is that a reskin demon hunter or what? <laughs> or blood then, elf. then, then again, I like I started just out of morbid curiosity, started looking at videos on the internet about this expansion and there were so many people that you know did much more research than me than confirmed my greatest fears that this is that race is a reskin and the fact that they oh, was no, of, of something in late shadowlands actually right really so, thank you incubus thank you oh no that. really yeah no. so it's, it's and there was like there was something out there and narc put out a video where he actually showed a comparison of what Blizzard designed and what a community, like the community designed, that was a much better version of it. Oh, and the like community that. one looks so much cooler. It's so much cooler. And it's like, guys, like if you're really going to invest in community here, you've really got to pull out all the stops. And I feel like there are some things that give me hope, but... It'll no. be a cold day in hell if I ever resub to that game. There's no hope. I, you not when you watch the developers talk about community more times than I can like hear. I can stand hearing. We really listen to community here. We understand that people are making bazillion videos for the past X amount of years about how we don't listen to community. So let's tell them, right? Let's game explain how we're listening to community again. Right. That's what it is. They were game splaining. I was like, this is triggering as fuck because it doesn't yeah. even feel authentic. It's the most rehearsed, regurgitated shit. Again, what do you do when you're when your game's dying? Give people the coolest fucking thing, but as a race, right? Let's bring back the most iconic thing in fantasy, right? For most people. Let's talk about dragons. Let's go where dragons are, right? That's what they did with Cataclysm. Where are you gonna go from here? Where are you going to go from here? Dragons. dragons are like the ultimate. And also for any fantasy story I've ever read, dragons have always been like the ultimate. Chasing the dragon, Nathan. They're they're like, have you, has anybody here like read the 
the Rift War saga, like that's a good example, mm-hmm. I think, of you know dragons being like the ultimate race. I mean, it's it's in so many classic fantasy stories. I mean, Tolkien had the dragon, you know, as like not the ultimate bad guy, but like in the first book, it was the ultimate bad guy, and then Sauron ended up being you know the ultimate. But dragons are like, if you have nowhere else to go, that's that's it. That's it. That's where it's it. So you have nowhere else to go. Yeah. Yeah, and they the, and the thing is, is like the the actual community isn't going to fall for the speech they gave, right? No, it sounded really good, right? If this had been the first time they had given a speech, almost word for word like that, I might actually be like, "Huh, cool." But right. you know, this is, we've heard this before, right? Like, yeah. it's all it's like this pattern that they go through where it's like, "Oh, we're gonna listen to you," and then the the next thing will be like, "We're you know, the game's out and people are getting the end game or really digging into what this expansion is about," and then it'll be like, "Oh yeah, well, you don't know what you're talking about. We're developers and we did what we thought was right and back to the grindstone, baby." And um, so, I don't have a lot of hope for. Uh, the new expansion, uh, but I actually do have a lot of hope for Wrath of the Lich King. Um, they were like, whoop, talking all about earn it in-game, earn it in-game. Um, so I do yeah. think they learned their lesson with Burning Crusade on the classic end. That is a different I agree with team. that. I agree Holly, with that. Holly Longdale, is that her name? I, yeah. I forget her name. Yeah. yeah. Uh, for, she's from EverQuest, right? So yes. it didn't shock me at all. When she joined the WoW Classic team, then they're like, oh, guess what? We've got these packs and changes, level yeah. boost. And I was like, oh, boy, here we go. It's old Holly at, at, up to her old tricks again. Um, oh, okay. And then when they announced the, uh, what was it called? The uh, seasonal uh, mastery. Pass? No, the mastery thing oh, they did with Classic God. where it's like, you know. Oh, I forget I that was one, like, man. I saw that and I was like, oh, here we go. Here goes Holly with her yearly oh, God. Uh, classic update, you know. Um, but that turned out to be okay that people liked it. I played around with it. it was, it was a cool idea. Um, uh, but yeah, I think, I think legitimately classic wrath is going to be cool as crap and I'm going to play that. Yeah. You know what my problem is with classic as a whole, we already fucking did it. We already did it. It already exists as content and you're just recycling the game again. Like how but many a lot of us weren't shit? there for it, but a lot of it's us fair. weren't there for it's it. It's a fair like point. Me, I wasn't there to do it. I, and it was cool. I, I have to say this too, because I never played World of Warcraft on yeah. really. I, mean, I tried it a couple times until Classic came out. I've heard lots of good things about the Wrath of the Lich King. My brother has yeah. been bugging me forever to go play again with because he missed when classic came out and i'm just like uh when is it supposed to come out when is wrath of the Lich king this year that's this year. all they said oh probably right. the end of the year but it's yeah. not i i see that in chat um we're playing p99 we don't care that we've done it it's not that it exists in a world of warcraft already there's literally two different versions of world of warcraft that you can pay them to play and they're going through and doing classic. It's like, how are you going to do, are you going to do all the way up to the current content? <laughs> are you going to stop at wrath of the Lich King? It's about no. how many ways are you going to find to monetize people for the same thing over and over. It's a problem with reskinning. It's like, how yeah. lazy are you? It's like, you, you're going to regurgitate the same stuff to make money. Right. And then do it again. Do it again. They're going to freaking mobile phones soon, too. Like, come on, dude. Yeah. Like, I'm face palming like a motherfucker, dude. Dude, let me call it. The mobile oh. game is not a World of Warcraft game. What do you call it? It is a, it is a, remember, um, 
Remember, I think it was called God. I think it was called Lineage Revolution or something. Oh, I remember this. Okay, that's it'll it'll be the wild wow version oh of my that. God, it's gonna that be all so bad, clickety dude. clickety opening boxes and oh. fireworks and all the mobile bullcrap. Guaranteed. Oh They're not God, gonna dude. actually try to put World of Warcraft. Because listen, if they were gonna actually try to put World of Warcraft for real. Which I don't even want to. I don't even want them to anyway. Oh. But if they're gonna try to put the mobile, you know what would make a lot more sense to put World of Warcraft on consoles. You know where it can actually run g- decent, etc. That would be if make more sense. That would make a lot more sense. Uh, and then start tough. a brand new classic server. You know for console people, because don't mix the console with the PC no, people. That is no. asking for a bad bad times for the console people. I get. I could actually get behind them releasing, like even just re-releasing the game, but starting from the beginning and doing it a different way for just yeah. consoles, because it's a different experience. On top of the fact, it's like a console experience, right? So it would, it, like, I could understand that more than just taking it and going. Let's just find a way to get them to pay for the same thing and the community stuff. I love how I'm getting like people noting like half sim rants and full sim rants in chat right now. I have so much to say about this because like, it's the same thing they've done over and over and over and over. And if you fall for the stuff they're telling you, you're a fucking idiot. I'm sorry. I don't care if I lose viewers or subscribers for saying this, you're an idiot because they've done this shit over and over and over for years. Well, I will also say though, that in defense of, cause, cause Sparrow mentioned P99, which, which is kind of, so when you look at the progression servers for EverQuest 1 and EverQuest 2, it's kind of the same thing. And I've played almost all the TLPs, but I will say that I think the one difference between what EverQuest does versus what World of Warcraft is doing, World of Warcraft seems to be following a repeated path in terms of we're going in the order of originally launched expansions, whereas the EverQuest TLPs are very much just... This is a that's a brand new server starting from here, and it's just going to go to here. It's got this rule set. This one's doing this, and it's got this rule set. And they launch different rule sets every time that they do it, so people can get a slightly different take, slightly different expansions, slightly different experience rates. All these they do different things, even though it's always sort of a new progression server. Whereas what Classic is doing is very much a linear take and just re-releasing the old game. Now, how but how cool would it be if they would have released like uh, the WoW Classic, which you know at the beginning everybody's like, don't change anything, right? But now that we're kind of all past that, right? Um, how cool would it be if they're like, hey, look, it's the same game, but we've changed the mechanics of all the raids. Mm. Why not? Why not do some stuff like that? Why not? I mean, that would right? be interesting. So, so even though you've done it before, not really. No, you haven't. Not with storyline wise. Yeah, yeah, pump them up. No, and I don't mean just give more HP and make them do more damage. I mean actually mix up the mechanics a little bit. Make it make it challenging for people today. Uh, you know what I mean? Uh, that that seems like a gimme uh, for them. Yeah. What what I, what I was trying to say about the my ranting about the you know about if you buy into it, you're an idiot. It's them talking about community, right? You have to pay attention to the fact people have been complaining about community. They never listened until now. What's changed now? People aren't subscribing. Their stock prices are plummeting. They're in the middle of legal troubles because of sexual like allegations that have occurred in the company. You're losing core members that were dedicated 
to the game in the studio, like Lore, who was a longtime proponent doing the weekly marmot and tank spot, all that stuff. Like these core people that were there that were like your the, the, a lot of people consider like the heart of the soul of Blizzard, they're gone, man. You know, and on top of that, you got all these sexual allegations and things that have been going on. And it's like, dude, you know, now you're going to come in and you're going to repeat. We're listening to the community. The community wanted it. The community, this, the community, that community, this so much and overly saturating it with with almost like no emotion. Yeah, it it, it feels completely fake because it doesn't even seem like there's actually like emotion behind the statements. It's just your script. Yeah. What you need to say to cover your ass for your, you know, for your stock price and shit. Yeah. I mean, that's honestly how the entire video and all the dialogue felt to me. It just felt very like rehearsed and there wasn't, there wasn't a soul in it. Like at least with, if you went to like BlizzCon, you kind of got a little bit of that energy. It just felt so muted uh, being just kind of a, more of a passive medium and you couldn't really gauge like what the larger community was thinking but like mm-hmm. just in in my mind I, I think i i just had so little faith that they're actually going to execute well with this expansion they mm-hmm. threw out a lot of things that can you know that can entice people and i've talked to like you know people that i knew that played world of warcraft in the past they're like, oh man, I can play a dragon. I'm like, no, not really. And I, at first, like when I heard, oh hey, you can play a dragon, I like, I there was a little bit of excitement. I'm not gonna lie. But then when I saw the execution, I was like, what the actual hell is this? Now the and, dragon mounts is cool. Yeah, that the, does the, look the, cool. The dragon, the dragon riding is. is yeah, yeah that, that's cool. And and they're also doing something they haven't done in the past too. Is they're giving you some form of flight at the mm. beginning of the expansion. So it just feels like. Let's pick everything that the community has ever asked for that we've said no to in the past, and let's try to do it in an expansion. That's kind of what yeah. I feel like is is happening. I mean, when they talked about the talent trees and how they were setting that up, I mean, that's literally mm. straight like vanilla, which you shouldn't have messed with to begin with. True, right? You should have flushed those out a little bit more. And even that, like I saw another interview with, with Hazakostas like later today, uh, and and he was talking about, you know, a, a lot of different things related to that, too. And it was just it's like one of those things I'm like, do I really feel like this is they're going to execute? And I'm like, I just I feel so skeptical right now. Uh, it just it just makes me it just makes me not want to go near the expansion at yeah. all. not want to go near. Wow. I mean, I already was kind of predisposed to never play WoW again. This didn't necessarily sway me one way or the other. It just mm. it just felt like there was a lot of lip service, right? Um, and saying, "Hey guys, you know we messed up, and you know we're we're gonna listen to the community now. We learned our lesson. I mean, it took you 17 years, and you're telling me you now just learned your lesson. And we just, really don't know if they did or not. Is yeah, we don't know. like to say we're yeah. just yeah. assuming because. <laughs> Guys, remember when Shadowlands was coming out? They were they were saying the same thing because BFA was hated so Legion bad. They were like, "Oh, we learned, we learned a lesson," and you know, this is just part of their cycle. Um, yeah. So, I mean, we'll see. It could be an excellent expansion, right? Like, it could mm-hmm. be a lot of fun. I do like that it's not so like 
ooh, this next big scary person. You know, I do like that it's just kind of like a we don't really know, but it's it's not got a big bad bad guy, right? Like yeah. And they and they said they're trying to get away from that big epic freaking, uh, which is what ESO's doing as well, actually with High Isle. Um, so oh, interesting how that how that, that happened. Well, I'm trying not to touch that one so bad. <laughs> <laughs> i'm trying dude i'm trying yeah. so hard man that creative director has got me triggered over there i'm like it, it's just it's just a perfect example like you're talking about AAA studios and exactly why from my perspective they just don't give a shit they care about the money and then if you say that they're greedy they want to go oh i get really pissed when people say this or that like it's like they don't fucking do it like don't do it then dude but i, I lead yeah. with the criticisms of wow but here are the things that i'm like Here's the thing, right? There are the things that trigger me. And then there's the things I see that I'm like, oh, is there hope? And I actually ponder if it's possible. And here's a couple of the things that they did. We haven't even talked about yet, which I was like, these were the biggest pieces of their reveal that we haven't even touched on that. I was like, oh, no, dude, if they actually get this right, there might might actually be a period down the road but it'll take consistency and evidence to support that. But there's like a glimmer of hope because they talked about the changes to the class talent trees. And I looked at some of the showcase that reminds me of the old days, man, right? Branching trees where you've got to go down, make decisions. You don't get everything. You got a limited number of skill points, Right. I saw that. And then I saw them talking about changes to crafting professions as that well. That was a great idea, by the way. Yeah. Why is that not normal in MMOs, actually? And that it be- is. It's actually, uh, I think what? I want to say Final Fantasy 14 is you a rip off of that. Wait, 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 wait. I'm not aware that in Final Fantasy 14 you can go to a specific vendor and say, I want this made this way. And random other crafters can come and see that order and, and fulfill it. I want to it. say it was either that or Guild Wars 2. There was some sort of work order system. I can't speak to that one. Mistaken. Yeah, I don't know which. I, I couldn't speak it's to that It's a great reference. idea. That's a really yeah. great idea where people can just come. You know, if you're, a, if you're a crafter, you can just go to that board or person or whatever, however they do it. You can just look for things and be like, ooh, I can make that. And you can fulfill an order. And when that person logs back in, bam, they got that item they wanted. That's That's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm on board with like a mediocre dog, though, because like I the one thing I'd want to do right now, if I could jump into WoW and play with it is actually get my hands on the the class trees, like the skill trees that they're redoing, because where they went from Kata forward, I've hated everything about it. I have not liked any of it. It just felt cookie cutter. This feels like there's actual agent like player agency, like choice and direction. It's still too early to know for sure. But the fact that that's like the direction they're going to now, it's like, okay, so you clearly are listening to community in some regards, right? Probably shouldn't say it as much. Like I'm kind of a fact and non-verba person, deeds, not words. Don't say it, showcase it. Because if you just showcase what your plans are and it's reflective of listening to the community, they're going to be aware. Everyone's going to be talking about like I am right now. Because the class tree is a good example of that. Making crafting potentially meaningful again, that's a big one too because it kind of took a similar direction, didn't it, as the skill trees for classes did. Kind of just became cookie cutter and sort of like supplemental-ish. Yeah. Yeah. For the most part. I mean, it it got 
everything that every choice that they've made over the their design as they went from uh kind of where they were to something very homogenized very mm -hmm. like friendly and i don't expect that they're gonna deviate much from that um and one of the things too, it's like I think you you said this in in not so many words too, Sim, was the fact that if you're going to have these talent trees, you need meaningful choices. And I'm still not sold on the fact that they're going to have meaningful choices. That's there. the key word. Yeah, and I think that's that's going to be the make or break with that. I mean, similar to like if we're talking like games that I'm you know hopeful for and not as skeptical on like Ashes of Creation, right? I still in the back of my mind saying, hey, even though we're going to have a way to augment things and so right. on and so forth, and there's a high level of customization, it's not going to mean anything unless those choices are meaningful, yep. right? And it's not mm -hmm. just like incremental, like it doesn't really matter what my choice is. Uh, but, you know, the, the way, you know, they've been, they've been definitely talking the talk, right? They're using the right buzzwords. They're using the right phrasing in terms of like, we want, you know, somebody that's a mage to have a certain spec and spend their points and there could be two different frost mages that play completely different or there could be two different paladins that play completely different and that's not just having to do with their spec choices right you know two protection paladins could play mm. completely differently for example i know so i mean i think there there is like again the right words i want to see the talent trees mm -hmm. um just just to be because I'm curious, but I, I still am at a level yeah. where I would not be interested in actually investing any more money in Blizzard. And yeah. that's, you need know, to see it working. Yeah, exactly. You need to see it working. I mean, obviously, this is just an announcement. They haven't even even hit alpha or, or beta. So with that being said, I I would be curious to see how this plays out. But that curiosity is not going to translate into desire to resub. Yeah, you can't just tell me and I'm going to be like, oh, my God, let me hurry up and jump in and spend some money on this. No, dude. Somebody in chat, Meat Hooks, just said, yeah, wouldn't it be wouldn't it be hilarious, though, if like for the good crafting stuff, the mats drop from Mythic Raids? <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> now, that sounds like a Blizzard move, right? Where it's like, yeah, you can just as good as the uh, just as good as Mythic or close, you know, uh, yeah. but the mats drop in Mythic Raiding. So get back on that grind, baby. Yeah, one of the other things that I thought was really interesting too in this interview that I saw with uh, with the creative director was the fact that they noticed that people um, there was like a, a barrier to entry for like Mythic Plus, and so they were saying, "Well, we're, our plans right now are going to be we're not going to release every single dungeon to a Mythic Plus scenario. We're going to release maybe half of them at launch, and then we're going to randomly pick like." Um, dungeons from prior expansions and kind of have them be part of that mythic plus roster for the season. And yeah. then we're going to swap over in a following season. And I didn't know whether to be like, you know, hopeful about that or go back to my skeptical, wow, we're reskinning things again and redoing content again, right? As opposed to maybe making more unique dungeons, they're mm -hmm. just going back and saying, we'll take half of them. And then while we're working on the other half, well, we'll just, you know, for the Mythic Plus scenario, we'll we'll go ahead and give them some old old materials. So again, right, it's probably skepticism sinking in here, but it just didn't feel it just 
still felt like a little bit of smoke and mirrors. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, it's just too early to tell. We have to, they, I mean, I'm still I'm still of the mind like fact that on verba just you know show people, don't sit there and ramble on about it and talk about it and you know because then then also like if you're telling them what you're gonna do and then you don't deliver on it, you kind of like you know kind of dick yourself down again, you know, more than once yeah. in more than one way. Um, I saw this. I think I don't remember if you all posted this. I saw it on um, my feed this week too. And it was uh, about From Software making a Lord of the Rings game. That, like, should they? Yes, that was me. I, I posted yeah. that. Yeah. Well, I saw it on um, my feed too, like the other several days ago. And I was like, yeah. Could you imagine? It's It makes sense. If you read the article, it makes fucking sense. Like, yeah. Because Lord of the Rings, especially as I'm going back through and reading the books again, it's a dark, scary place. Mm-hmm. And. There's not like a bunch of like the heroes were forever ago. Like the world as it exists in the third age mm-hmm. is very much everyone's normal. Yeah. The heroes who used to exist either all died off, got killed off or disappeared into the West and went off to heaven mm-hmm. basically. Um, and so th- there's even a scene where um, I was just, cause I've, I've been doing the analysis videos, right? So I was, it took me four reading sessions to get through the council of Elrond because it's such a huge dense chapter in the fellowship of the ring. Yeah. And there's a part in that I don't have my notes in front of me, but there's a part where basically Elrond, uh, uh, Glowen comes out and says, what about the elven rings? Like, why can't we use the elven rings? And the elf Lords are all silent. Mm. And Elrond kind of, after a little bit says, well, you know, we can't talk about that. Because the time of the elves has passed, it's up to you now. Uh, we're gonna let the hobbits take care of it because we've already done all we're gonna do to help save this world. It's somebody else's turn now, and I was like, "That's fucking harsh, man!" Like, yeah. it's literally the elves saying, "We saved your asses for the past eight thousand years." Yeah, yeah, we're done. Like, it's literally hands are washed. Those of us who remain are just kind of gonna hang out, and we might give you a vial and we might give you a sword we might give you a bow but you know that whole march to mount doom and throwing that ring yep you know good luck with that uh you know because they know that they could just take the boat and peace out bitches like the elves are not nice like like they have put in their time and they're not afraid to say it no um uh so anyway yeah kind of harsh if you really like it is you know really i mean even in like if you look at like the hobbit you look all the way through like the hobbit and the lord of the rings book specifically like they're they're you can tell like the majority of the elves are kind of like fed up a bit with it all and like we're kind of done dealing with y'all y'all cause y'all f around too much right yeah i mean for the elves (laughs) it would be like the elves it would be like raising children that never reach adulthood you know what i mean like because the lives are so much shorter especially for humans where it's just kind of like oh my gosh guys like i'm not going to tell every generation of you that comes around every 50 40 50 years the same freaking long story like you know you can you can kind of i can understand it i understand the elves i'm like yeah i mean i would be sick of it too like how many times have they had to deal with this dumb stuff right the elves are like like, you need to tell your tell yourself fables yeah, like oh my grandfather, you know, blah blah blah, and it's like yeah, I remember him, uh, you know, and uh, he was that was like yesterday. A dick. <laughs> <laughs> that was yesterday. Yeah, it's true though, man. The elves, like in Lord of the Rings, man, they're just they're tired of dealing with it. I mean, yeah. you can see the dealings with the dwarves too. I mean, that's like a really, 
I almost feel like the the reactions towards the dwarves from some of the elves is like far more severe due to like, you know, the things that happened in the past and like greed and all those types of like issues that sort of like played out that they, you know, because they when lost I, elves when I, to them, to helping them too, lots of them. Right. And that's when I did my, I did a video on, um, was Tolkien a racist? Because there, there have been the, my Rings of Power discussion series, and 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 I was like, you can't really apply our racism to Middle Earth because it's not the same thing. Because in mm. Middle Earth, racism really is about race, whereas in our planet, mm. it's not about race because we're all the same race. It's about skin color and belief systems. But with them, it literally is racism race, because it's yeah. elves versus dwarves, and the dwarves as a race have proven over the years that they only care about one thing and that is shiny shit. Yeah. And oh, and the elves have like dealt with that for something like you can't be trusted. Like you're always going to revert back to that greedy little bastard mentality where you're just going to go for the gold and mm-hmm. screw everybody else. And we're yeah. just not, we don't want any part of that. Like, yeah. And they, they walked away, right. They just kind of, they, yep. they seen what was happening with smog and they were just kind of like, Nope. Hey, not again. But that's what you get, right? Like that's what you get. Uh, it's exactly what happens when you uh, fall with greed. Um, what so was the king's name? It wasn't Thorin. That was Thrain. the prince's name, right? Thorin. Uh, uh, Thorin. No, Thor. 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 Son of Thor. Thor. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So his his big like uh, gold collection there uh, got the attention <laughs> of a freaking dragon, and the elves <laughs> seen it happen and were like. Oh, of course this is what happened to you you know like <laughs> which is i think that's where the article came from was that point of you know middle earth is a very a very interesting place with some some lore that would work really well in a elden ring style game sure um and and especially they talked about like you know Morgoth being like the ultimate bad guy or maybe you know it could be Sauron or whatever but like you've got all of these like if you look at the Silmarillion in particular mm-hmm. in this first age, second age, third age, there are so many bad guys. Oh yeah. And not just you've got Olgoth, you got the spiders, you got the dragons, you've got all these different orcs and and goblin leaders and Azok, Bazog, and blah 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 blah. Like there's the there's room for having all of those unique bosses that a game like Elden Rings or Dark Souls has, mm-hmm. while also still having that really deep mythology. And storyline and so when i read that i was like man that that could i mean it's never going to happen but it would be it's cool to think about and cool to theorize right. if um, they did it i would like them to get a little bit more in tune with a little something i really enjoy on rpgs that you really don't get out of the uh souls type games or from software games towns man i like towns and if you're gonna do oh, yeah. middle earth you can't just you can't just BS your way through that. Like, there's going to have to be some dialogue, some side quests that you get from town, uh, you know, shops and things, right? Like, you, there's got to be. So if they ever were to do it, which I would love them to, because every time there was a big encounter that was important to the story, it would feel like a big encounter. Because that's what Elden yeah. Ring is really good at. When you True. get to that new boss, you're like, you're you're like intimidated like here we go yeah this is the real this is the real deal it's not even the final boss but you're already it fe- every boss feels like a mm-hmm. final boss encounter um so it would be cool to see them attack that because one thing i hate is like when somebody makes a uh, adaptation in video game form 
and there's this big epic moment and you just kind of stomp your way through it and it's yeah, like oh, oh, come on right yeah or it's just kind of a lackluster experience it doesn't have the the weighted sense of the epic you know tell that you yeah. you expect it to have i agree with that yeah you're right though elden ring does i mean i mean just yeah anything from software though to be fair anything they do all the dark souls stuff demon souls all those all those games in the past that were like that those every boss encounter was like it could be like your end boss freaking insane um yeah there was a note though in chat about the uh i didn't actually have that on the list of things to talk about but i did see it in between my busy life earlier and now which was that was a rift is actually no terra terra is shutting down yeah i saw that and i was like oh damn how long has that game been out now? Because that was like... Ten, well, by the time it shuts down, it'll be 10 years. Ten? Almost at their 10-year anniversary, yeah. It was close to around the time Rift came out, if I'm not mistaken, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I can't it, 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 it introduced Rift the... Uh, it, it, it was kind of the first uh, action combat. Yeah. And, and tanking in that game was super fun. It was just the world was just kind of... Eh, you know, uh, it didn't feel like a super immersive world at all it just kind of felt like a generic south korean type world to me so i never got super into it but um it was definitely unique especially for when it released and uh you know this what this was actually the developers of the game said we just kind of had enough right we we don't want to keep going with this um so it wasn't a situation where the publisher said we're not making enough money etc I saw that there about um <laughs> had some more artistic license. They were saying we should take the uh, ashes of creation character creator con and make a contest to make the elephant panel members. That's pretty good, right? Speaking of ashes, though, their their next uh, developer live stream should be up a week from tomorrow, I think. Already, that's crazy how quick it's gotten here. But they showed off the character creator. They hinted at. Uh, I think it was around the time they talked about it, right, Daedalus? They were going to, like, they were going to uh, basically try to get that in the hands of the community to, like, basically create, you know, like, actual, like, characters that looked like people and having a contest around that or something. And they talked about it, and I was like, I'm kind of wondering what they're going to showcase because you've got, like, your show live streams and you got your tell live streams. And we'll ch- we'll talk about this more in detail on Sunday. Uh the, the Ashes Pathfinder podcast, which you can catch here at 5 p.m. Same time, same place, but different day, Sunday. But I am curious because what are they going to do coming up? Because I still am of the mind that they are. I do feel like because Steven didn't join us for the anniversary episode, which he usually does. It's not, you know, it's not like the norm for him to not show. But he, he seems like he's dug in deep doing development stuff, too, because ever since Jeff left, He's been sort of like taking yeah. on more things again. So I am of the mind we aren't going to see Ashes Alpha 2 till at least the end of the year at the earliest, probably next year, which gives us a lot of time. So what are we going to fit in between now and then? And it's like we're coming up on May almost now. And um, there are a lot of things that we expected or were hoping to be seeing or they sort of hinted at hinted at that we have yet to see. And it's like it does feel like it's it's progressing consistently, but it you know, it's it's going kind of I'm not going to say it's going slow, but the presentation is that it might be going slow. And I think that that's the community sentiment. 
but um i don't know i mean you saw last month as well nathan you saw the character creator like that was know, a good one what's a good follow-up to that progress updates <clears throat> now i think i think that's Alpha what I, that's where i would assume is like you know we're how much closer are we to getting to the next phase um Mm-hmm. But, you know, knowing them, too, I think there will be something super juicy also, right? Like, they're going to be something in there that will be mm-hmm. really exciting. Yeah, I hope so. That would be that would be nice. A nice surprise. I think there will be. I think there will be. It yeah. may just be like a showing off a lot more of what the game looks like um, post-Unreal Engine 5. It could just be like some areas that Alpha members will recognize what they look like now um, or, or something that because of Unreal Engine 5 has made XYZ more possible or, or what, but there'll mm. be something they're going to do something. Yeah. And I saw a lot of people talking in chat too about, I, I, I agree. I think, I think specifically the alpha two world alpha two world or archetypes that we haven't seen yet. I think you need to, I think we need to jump into something that's been on the table for a while. For quite yeah, a while combat that was another mm-hmm. comment too i think any any iteration on combat would be good to see too mm-hmm. i agree with that um speaking about lord of the rings though um i saw there was an update for oh, yeah. lord of the rings it looks kind of beefy doesn't it oh it's a, yeah i can talk to this because i just sure. covered this and we're deep into it we're playing tonight um so the 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 big thing about this ignoring the 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 additional content, the big change to this is that free to play individuals now get access to everything up to Helm's Deep, which is level 95. That's huge. What? And also, they get the Bjorn, Runekeeper, High Elf, something else are now for free. You don't have to pay Lotro points anymore. Um, they've removed all the gold cap restrictions, everything else. So the free to play package is now. Wow massive because you get every and not just expect everything all of the quest packs all of the download everything up to helm's deep then if you're vip mm-hmm. you get you get helm's deep mordor and war of the three peaks and not just that you get the collector's edition versions i believe now here i will say this is the caveat because i did not know this when i logged in today and if you are a vip like myself when you log in you're going to have like 30 freaking anniversary boxes in your inventory. Pay attention. I did not. One of those is a Valar leveling boost, which means you can take a character up to level 120. But the box, the box was usually like 60 or $70 in the Lotro store, real, real currency, right? The box that it's in is account bound. It can be shared between your characters. But once you open it, it binds it to that character. I made this mistake because I got a little click crazy because like Mm -hmm. cosmetics and this and I got 20 boxes to open and I didn't realize that. So that's a caveat for the VIPs out there. But I'm telling you, that's the big thing is like free to play up to 95 and VIPs now get everything up to Mordor and beyond because you also get the War of the Three Peaks expansion as a VIP. So you're getting everything now for – it's an amazing a lot of content. Drop. That's like a lot of content that you were yes. not, you did not have access to before. Not no, even you close. Had to, 
No, because you had to – They, a yeah. lot of people complained over the years that Lord of the Rings Online was one of those really mm. difficult games to get into because they nickel and dimed you yep. on – on. you had to Agreed. buy each individual expansion pack. They didn't have a lot of combos. They did have the quad pack, which I own, which is – I was literally going to go – uh, I was, I was like, I gotta buy Helm's Deep. I gotta buy Mordor. It's gonna be sixty bucks because they make Jeez, you buy dear. each one. And then they finally came out with an all-in-one pack that was also sixty dollars, which included everything up to Mordor. And then all of a sudden, they made this announcement in April that they were getting rid of all of that, and VIPs now get everything. So this game now, pay the sub, everybody, yeah. because wow. honestly, it's worth it now. You get so. Oh, and I got a ton of mounts. Like it's just amazing. But even if you don't want to spend the you know, because if you buy it in a block of like three months like I do, it goes down mm. to like 10 bucks a month. It's a very inexpensive game. Free to play gets up to level 95. That's like two. Damn. You, know, you could play for four years time. and never get there. Yeah, you yeah and I want to say this right now with this update now, Lord of the Rings is hands down the best fantasy MMO out. Hands down uh, in, in, in terms of content, in terms of the journey being fun and, and rewarding community's awesome uh, mm-hmm. i mean come on exploring middle earth like and it is huge it is huge. so massive man mm-hmm. you'll feel you know how you know how when you're reading the books or you're watching the movie and you know they're like traveling across these vast lands and you do that like that's you you are traveling through and seeing areas from the book and they did it so well uh, i'm in rohan right now with my lore master and, and i'm in content i've never seen before and i've been doing my streams a few times a week yeah. in the mornings but i've also been recording these like 10 to because a lot of these like um quests that they send you on they can be done in these like 12 to 20 minute chunks it'll be like an instance that you go into that's a storyline instance and it's not like cut scenes but it's it's you go into an instance and you have a story that takes place and you're participating in it as a quest and they're just damn good the writing and everything else and i'm interacting like i'm not gonna lie i did this one where i'm made up with Amor, um and 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 he's been banished you know he's been off in the it's like from the books he's off riding with the rohirrim and he's you know he's kind of uh, not in good graces with the king so he's out riding around killing Mm -hmm. orcs so you come up on the pile of orcs from the book where they burn the bodies on the edge of fang oh i did fanghorn the other day sparrow Mm -hmm. was watching fanghorn forest coolest zone i've ever seen in an mmrpg was fanghorn forest anyway um, I met Aomer, and I'm doing some quests with him, and we do this quest where he's going to go ride off to Edoras to talk to King Theoden and, and, and relay this information about the orcs. And we get there, and it's literally as he's become corrupted by Saruman, spoiler alert, and Grima Wormtongue is there. And, like, you go in, and you're trying to report this, and Grima's, like, taking over from the king and, like, whispering in his ear. And finally, he's like, arrest him, and they arrest Aomer in front of your character and throw him in the cell. So, like, you're getting to interact with things like that from the books you're actually seeing it happen that's one of the coolest things for me about playing that game is you're going to those places seeing those locations experiencing these events oh it's so cool. oh yeah and edoras Mm -hmm. in game it looks just as good as it did in the films like they did a really good job with the visuals in rohan i'm really 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 having a lot of fun yeah that's the thing about this too is you go into this game and you're not like i I forget what level i got to because i got like two characters on was it brandy wine or something? I don't know if that was the yeah. the server. I think okay. maybe it was. That is a server, yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's where my characters are because I'd played before that, and then I didn't play very far because I was like, didn't have anybody to play with, but kind which kind of was like, 
made it made, for me it was like well that would be my incentive to play with all the nickel and diamond going on even though i'm just trying to get a feel for the game right uh, but it's great because you're like not the hero, the the chosen one. You're literally another you're normie out in the world, you know, like contributing to the greater, greater good, the greater cause. While the main, you know, the main characters of the universe are out there doing their thing and you sort of like come in within proximity of them and interact with them. But you're not actually like, you know, you're not them. You're 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 in the background sort of like you're assisting pitting. them. Yeah. You're yeah. sort of like, you know, it's like we had a group of, uh, you know, troop a that was out there helping take out orcs and you're like one of the people that might have been there or something you know you're not yeah they didn't like ruin the lore exactly right? they be like they didn't be like oh and then this part brodo gives you the ring you know like it's not cheesy like that they did it yeah. to where <laughs> i hopefully didn't do that anyway i haven't played all the way through but like they didn't do it in a cheesy way everything's done in a way where it's like it still matches with the story yeah. in the yeah. book and there's no forced wokeness. So it's actually like classic Lord of the Rings, the way Tolkien wrote it, um, which which is great. Do the, it's, do it's, the female dwarves have beards, though? Um, well, in my mind, yes, because you can't tell them apart, which yeah. is why all of my content these days is presented mm. by uh, Brynfail, the bearded dwarven princess, because you can't tell male dwarves apart from females. So I've right. taken it upon myself to be the dwarven princess that everyone needs in in the world um that's so, funny so renfell's the dwarven the bearded princess i am the bearded yeah. dwarven princess oh so this uh, game's got like a no cost to <laughs> this is one of those games that doesn't cost anything to play and and the 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 main reason this was one i was reluctant to do community nights around is because you get you you'd plateau kind of quick and a lot of people would get kind of tapped out like not feeling as incentivized i think um but with like i think there was like one step in the right direction for me was when they did that massive content patch you could go and download like you could right and i went and collected Christmas all time yeah. yeah i went and oh, did yeah. that collected that i was like cool cool but it's not i didn't feel like it was really in a place to where you know what i mean like you could really yeah. and it, you've got everything now, now. everything yeah. So now, now I feel like you can you can play like this is another li like another game on our list for community nights because like there there's not really a big reason the majority of people wouldn't be able to jump in and play this together. So right, so it's good we got more options like that, and this one's better in a lot of ways to me because I'm more of a fantasy guy, and if you love Lord of the Rings or you love like the Tolkien universe, like this has got all the it's got all the things, man. Like all the Right. You go into the damn tavern and you got a bunch of hobbits in there playing and shit. I remember one day I did that and I saw a bunch of these people in there chilling. Rip COH. Now COH is still in the mix too. But you got to have, you, you. you got to mix it up a little bit, right? You, you get too I'm repetitive. People you. get, they get bored of the same old thing. And, you know, this is a, this is a, this is one of those games though, unlike City of Heroes, that City of Heroes you could play through. And you could you could kind of get to the end of your content. I'm not. I'm gonna say in comparison to an MMORPG, I can tell it's relatively quick compared to some of them. Right? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, you're not wrong there. Lord of the Rings Online, nah, man, nope. There's so much there. There's so much there. It's like a ton, dude. It's like probably one of the one of the MMORPGs that has like the most content I've ever seen. True story, real talk. It's crazy. Um, hey, real talk. Yeah. You know, speaking of um, 
speaking of uh, fantasy world or, or gaming worlds, I guess I'll go ahead and post this one, right? There's two different things, and these were ones Renfield uh, shared. I saw, I think I saw Playable Worlds come up on my feed, but I didn't see Spellcraft come up on my feed, I think. But th- these are two games. So Playable Worlds, which I'll link that one first, 21, sorry, 25 million funding round. And Spellcraft which, is a $22 million in funding, which not a round, but just funding total, right? Which Ralph Coster, by the way, yes. um, is uh, he worked on Star Wars, Star Wars Galaxies, Galaxies, Ultima yeah. Online. Um, so for anybody, and, and he's, wanting, he's wanting to make mm-hmm. an actual sandbox MMO, which we don't get a lot of that. Right. Um, it's all cloud-based, which is yeah. the interesting thing. So we'll see. We'll see uh, where this goes. But he said it'd be a few years before we see anything of it. And I'd also like to mention that uh, that project, those that money was old school, right? Like it was done before Kickstarter times, like where companies actually invested in his idea. So um, this is this is this means that whatever he has planned, we don't have a lot of details yet. But it had to be good enough for people to start slapping millions at him, right? Well, so. and if you read the press release too, they already did a ten million dollars Series A round. This is the Series B round. So the first thing they did was they did the seed round, they did the prototype, then they took that, they made it even better. They did an initial round of Series A funding. They got an additional ten million dollars. Here they are a couple years later. They've progressed far enough along that they were able to get Series B funding for an additional $25 million. So they're probably around $40 million at this point into Jeez, dude. this game, which I would if, – if I had to bet – I'm making a guess at this point. I would say that it's less about the innovative aspects of his game than it is about the fact that they're pursuing cloud-based technology mm. in the MMORPG space which has a lot of real-world applications and non-gaming applications in terms of what they're doing with the cloud space and just something that's out there as opposed to being physically in a place. So um, obviously it's a game and MMOs do big things, but I would I would guess that it has a lot to do with what they're doing technology-wise. Um, but it's a good it's it's just it's cool to see something being funded traditionally as opposed to trying to do some scammy NFT bullshit. Um, he's actually out there, you know, beating the bush and doing it the way it used to be done, which in my mind is always going to make a project far more legitimate um, than than scams mm. artists. Yeah, so we're talking. We're you both are talking. Play the playable worlds one, right? Yes. So yeah. the that was the one with the cloud native sandbox. So uh, or it's considered a cloud native sandbox MMO. Um, the thing on this one that like I, I think for me is like the concern that I'm because it, it's when you see the name tagged on to such a project, it's like ah. Like if you were to yeah. say Tryon, if you were to say Gamigo, oh, I saw that too. Yeah, Cacao yeah. is on this one, and I'm like, oh. But hey, they they did <sighs> make probably one of the few sandbox MMOs that are out right now that's still successful. Which is, uh, well, did they did they make that or did they just buy it? I don't remember. Yeah, they did make it. Then they got it back. That's right. Uh, Black Desert. I don't like that game. I don't either. But it but it is a sandbox MMO and it does do well. So yeah, I can't remember if they I think they're the they just publish it, right? I well, know. I think they made it and Did then they? they let somebody else take control of the North American. And then they got and it, they back. Took it back. It was, it was a Russian company. Yeah, yes, yes. 
was. It was a Russian company that took it over, and then they basically went bankrupt, and then and they oh, brought right. it back in house. Okay. Excuse me. Okay, that's interesting. So I guess this is one of those things you got to tuck away. It is interesting because I, I, I do, I do feel like as of late that I'm noticing some uh, more innovative games, like that Zenith game. Remember that Zenith VR mm-hmm. game recently? Yeah, that's one that I, I just lay, like. I, I looked at it. and I was like, that actually doesn't look bad for a VR game, considering what yeah. a lot of VR games have looked like. That's not too yeah, shabby. So I, I far. watched somebody do a raid in that game. Uh, it was yeah. pretty interesting. Yeah, I think mean, that's like one of the ones that's been on my radar. So I see this, and I th- see any anything innovative in the field. And and Caspian, yeah. your your flow chart sheets for your Apple uh, inventory and stuff. Which, by the way, you know, someone commented and let me know something really funny I didn't catch What's in that? in that little short video clip on their news post. You ready for this? You're ready to laugh your asses off. <laughs> <laughs> I already know. I already He's know. Scrolling through and the the files of everything that was worked on, they all had the same date, and it was like right before. Oh, I didn't know. Oh no! It was like less. It was like two weeks before he posted the article or something. You're like, oh, my oh. like so you literally did all this one night, sit on your computer, just made some files, like skimmed through all the files that you've got that have been worked on, and. Oh man, like that's as lazy as it gets, isn't it? Pretty bad. Speaking of innovative, though, real quick, I, 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 we talked about this last week, but if you haven't watched it yet, <laughs> it came out on early access yesterday or today. But that Myth Force game that mm. Beamdog put together, oh. um, they streamed some multiplayer um, a couple days ago. It looks really freaking fun. It looks really good. It's like thirty bucks, I think, on early access. I think it came out today. Um, but I gotta say, I'm I'm on the fence. I don't have time for it right now. Is the yeah. problem? But I'm definitely wanting to sink my teeth into that because it looks so damn good. Because it's different, it's innovative. It's yeah. got a completely different visual to it. Um, and I gotta say, just it looks cool and polished, which is a lot more than what a lot of other games can say for themselves. True, it's true. And I'll, you're talking yeah. to NPCs. You know, mm-hmm. like that's a big thing for me is being able to talk to NPCs. I agree. You know, and having quests to do. Oh, uh, it's a good point, John. I'm sure. I don't know, man. Uh, talk about the AOC hires there. I wanted to go back to the other ones because we were talking about playable worlds. The thing about the spell, the title Spellcraft, which, by the way, great, great, great title. I love that. I love talking about spellcrafting. Um, the idea of crafting spells is like, um, I don't talk about it, but it's something I really appreciate. Um, from a fantasy perspective. Um, but this one, like they, they, this is one of the things that caught me was is being pitched as an online competitive strategy game that aims to birth a new genre. Yeah, they're going to create something new. So it's a catchy, it's a catchy phrasing. It's also the kind of thing you hear a lot from. Yeah, but it, but it holds more it, weight than it. Fair, uh, fair. New, you know, MMO do everything. End of all MMOs. Uh, Last freaking NFT, cryptocurrency. Right. You know, like at least it doesn't have all that crap. True, and I think they did. Yeah, they, they raised twenty two million, so they, there is yeah. something to be said for they must have something good enough to have raised that amount of money because a lot of other games that might have 
flashy something, this or that, the other, or they might have a big name attached to it, have only managed to raise three or four million. You know what I mean? You don't get twenty-two million in funding unless you've got something that people think True. is legitimate. Yeah. A legitimate next generation iteration on something. You know what I mean? Yeah, so it's it's interesting because their experience comes from veteran Warcraft, Starcraft, Diablo, and Guild Wars developers. Mm. Um I am curious about this one because they are talking about actually going into where is it at? They're gonna do a playtest soon. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, it looks like they're they're aiming to launch an expanded playtest soon. So that's that's what I want to see. I want to see the playtest and see what what they're actually going for because like it's one thing when you talk about it and it's another when you actually can kind of again like blizzard right like there's they're showing and then there's telling and it would be good to kind of see them show it off and actually kind of see someone have their hands on it and see what this actually looks like you know um in practical application in regard to sparrow and chat about the pantheon newsletter from yeah. over techniques yeah. i didn't see it so i don't it's know it's pretty about cool that. it's what pretty cool about? i got a video coming so i'm gonna try not to uh Say too blow much. my whole load here but um don't blow your load nathan yeah you know techniques are this thing where um uh basically like if if you pick a class you've got very core to that class type abilities right okay but depending on the um, depending on the weapon that you use, um, you can you can have several different techniques, and uh, basically that that kind of gives you a way to kind of be your own style of whatever that class is without actually changing the class, right? So you want a paladin to be a freaking paladin, right? You don't so, want it to be, but like okay. you can. Um, uh, so their weapon abilities you, and you can increase these techniques right you can kind of master them and you can say oh i really like this one so i'm gonna invest more into this particular one mm. uh because i like that ability or technique ability um and you can do that with your class your core class skills as well so this just adds even more layers to building your own uh class the way you think that class should be or the way you like to play it so it's just another layer added to the combat that i think is really cool that sounds like augmentation and ashes to me doesn't it yeah it does yeah it sounds like exactly what they're doing with the augmentation system so it sounds like they're planning on creating a technique system which will probably work similarly the difference that i hear there though is did i hear you correct when you said that the classes will have specific types of abilities that are linked to weapons related to weapons. I mean, maybe sometimes, or? but no, they're, they're saying these are two separate oh. things, right? Okay. Like, and, and there's more to techniques. Like, okay. The so more you got it. You build up, you build up like through, uh, and once again, I read this real quick as it works. So I may be getting, I may be fumbling a little bit here, but you build up through auto attacking with that weapon type um, or what have you. And you mm. build up to be able to do these, these special techniques okay um, so they're class techniques but they're based on weapon line the, all yeah so like uh-huh. you could be a paladin that uses a halberd got uh, or it. a sword or a mace and that so, may change what techniques are available to you so so basically it sounds almost like some sort of a weapon progression to unlock class skills right like utilizing like weapons to progress your class line so basically if you like we're doing like sword and board like maybe you could unlock something for your a technique that's like class specific because you were utilizing that progressing far enough 
Yeah, sort of. Yeah. 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 So like, I want to read this one line from it. I think this kind of helps a little bit. Uh, It says, for example, while Rogue may still favor daggers as their most proficient and potent weapon for burst damage, they may find themselves preferring another weapon depending on the specific demands of an encounter or even their group composition. So crushing weapons such as maces and hammers, which can stun and disorient targets can be a powerful tool in the hands of a rogue seeking to flex Um, a more crowd control oriented role so wow you can kind of so like we've seen it actually in pre-alpha we got to play for the community and the rogue was able to crowd control because we didn't have a class in the group to crowd control so the rogue was doing that uh, mm. this is going a little deeper where it's like weapon based. Like, weapon okay, related though. Got because it. we don't, because I need to do this one roll today, I'm going to use this. Okay. Um, and I still, I'm still a rogue. It's got all the roguey stuff, but now I'm, I've got some extra techniques I can invest in. So this is basically yeah. like weapon progression to access utility for situations where maybe you wouldn't otherwise I think okay, so. Okay, got yeah, it. Yeah. That's it. Reminds me a little bit of of New World, actually. Um, interesting. But without, I mean, New World was pretty much you, the weapon you used to find what kind of role you had. I think in this case, it's you already have a role, but you can mm. kind of you know meander into kind of other more hybrid stuff with a different weapon. It looks like. Right. I see. That's interesting. Yeah, I'm definitely more curious about it now. I'm have to go look into that because that's. Uh, that's kind of got my theory crafter brain going a little bit and I need, I haven't gotten yeah, to enjoy a theory crafting kick in a while. And I, I like that because like one thing I, I yeah. that bothers me always of playing a paladin is I, I just want to use a sword, right? Yes. But the yep. classic paladin to me uses a mace or something, right? So, uh, cause that's what clerics use. I just feel like the paladin would probably use one too. And that may just be the way I played a paladin in the eighties, and that's not yeah, true. I, I, but deep inside, I feel that way. I feel I like I think that's just a few things. Thing. I've always seen them with a sword. Like yeah, sword and that's and what I do. I want a sword and a shield, but and I like a, it'll be cool now mace, because you know, or now I will be carrying a mace, right? Because there'll be scenarios where I'm like, I need to be able to stun or you know uh, whatever. So I'm whipping out the mace today. You know, I like um, that. I like that. Okay, we got my theory crafter brain going a little bit. I might, I might have to chat about that one a little more because I'm not getting it from Ashes right now. They're like closed off on on the new the new archetype stuff. Mm. We haven't gotten anything from there in a while, and I'm like, yeah. And there's no other game where I really care, so it's pretty much where I'm at right now. It's you know, I miss MMORPG theory crafting. Feels bad, man. Tier. Okay, let's move on. So there's a lot of Star Wars games development apparently oh yeah oh Holy yeah shit so much so 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 much they are, are we segueing into the Amy Hennick news yeah um, yeah yeah that'll we'll consider that a part of this whole conversation just about the Star Wars games coming out yeah because I I I nerdgasmed hard when when she got drafted by EA to do Project Ragtag and then worked on that and they were sharing all the concept art and mm. there was there was game footage of this linear heist game and I was like oh my gosh she was coming hot hot off of the um Nathan Drake series and so it was all about the thieves and the heists and that back and forth comedy and really just if you have not played the Nathan Drake series it it's definitely up there with like my all time even Chris, who is not a huge, she has sat there and watched me play through these games, and she'll just sit on the couch and just like, and then she's yelling at me, "Get the ammo! Get the ammo! Get the ammo!" I mean, she's she's all sorts of into it. She loves the storyline, everything else. So 
I was really sad when when Project Ragtag fell apart, and then this hit a couple days ago, and I immediately went because now we're in a new era. Because when it got canceled before, it was all like single player games don't make money, and so we got to shut it down because we need to do multiplayer with microtransactions. Oh and God. now it's like Jedi Fallen Order came out, and Elden Ring, and all these other games have come out that prove that actually single player games that are just a good fucking game with no fucking microtransactions actually fucking work. Yep. And so now they're back cycling again, going, we want Amy Hanna to come on and creative direct a single player narrative driven star Wars experience. And I'm like, please, because Jedi fallen order was such a good game. I played it through three times would happily do it again. I'm looking forward to the sequel and anything else that we can get star Wars wise. Then there's the KOTOR remake, which looks like it's being handled with great care. Um, that's going to be fun. Uh, I don't know what else is on your list. So I'll shut up now. Cause I had to geek out about the Amy Hennig thing. Cause oh, no, it's so good. Yeah. yeah go that ahead. was definitely where I was geeking out too. Cause I absolutely adored the uh, uncharted series. I mean, I played the first two games multiple times and like when they got to the, the series ending and even they did some spinoff stuff. I mean, just such an immersive, like emotional, like mm. really great, well-told story. So I'm so happy that Amy Henning got a chance to do Star Wars again um, and, and and have the creative freedom to do it like how she wants to. I'm just so looking forward to that. I mean, I it, it's been a minute since I've touched, uh, you know, KOTOR, but I am also definitely looking forward to um, the remake there just because I mean I think they've just got so much rich source material to do it right I I am I am happy that so far you've given the seal of approval that they're doing something that's really faithful Renfail I I hope they deliver on that because I'm I'm really looking forward to digging into that too it's Star Wars like I'm always gonna love Star Wars yeah as you can tell by my background yeah <laughs> oh man this is funny Freaking Nathan's over here, antsy as hell. Yeah, every time moving, I'm like, is yeah, it coming? Is it coming up? Not, not yet. yet, not yet, but it's coming. It's coming soon. I could jump there at any moment, depending on where the conversation's going. We could go in and hit on a couple of things real quick, and then we can get to this because I think I think what you're waiting for. Look at them both. Look at these two cheesy little bastards. Look at them both. Look at them with their freaking shitty grin on their face. With Red Phil and Nate, they're like they're like do 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 do. Is it gonna be good? I can't wait. Look at them. They're gonna nerdgasm so fucking hard in a minute. Gonna get my raincoat. They're just so giddy. Look at that. Oh my god, dude. It's a good thing. It's, it's a, a good, good thing. And I'm looking forward to hearing about it because. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to learn something about this, too, because they're definitely more ingrained in this domain than I am. But so Star Fox, dude, Star Fox has been hinted at like and encouraged by the I think it was the person who created it to get a switch port. I also want to just say for a moment, we could use another Star Fox game. It's kind of about time. Star Fox or or the one that was on Wii U getting ported over. Um, it is. Let me see which one that they talked about here again, real quick, because they were talking. I think it was in sixty four version, but I could be wrong. Oh, that was already. You can already play that on Switch Online. Wait, Nintendo release of. He's just talking about. Wait, no. Oh, it says here in 2016, Nintendo released Star Fox Entry, Star Fox Zero on Wii U as a member of Wii U titles. Okay, so this is like, I think he's actually calling for a new release, isn't he? God, please, let's get a new one. 
We need a new one, dude. It's been too yeah. long, dude. Really? I mean, I, I would accept that one as new. I didn't play it on the Wii U. I didn't so either. I didn't even know it I, came out there. I did, but I, I just, you know, I had better things to do at that time than play Star Fox. <laughs> I, like, I do like Star yeah. Fox. I really do. Really cool games. I, I feel like I feel like Star Fox deserves like a. I don't know. You know how like with Zelda games. They went through and you had like N64 version of Zelda, right? The Carn of Time or whatever. And then they had Star Fox, you had Mario 64. And they all were just very groundbreaking in a way in their approach to the game again. Yeah. Right. Really doing something new, like really giving you a different sort of like like frame of reference for the game and how you explored and and you know, like immerse yourself in that fantasy world. In a fictional world, right? So in Star yeah. Fox, I feel like we haven't really gone to someplace new since in 64. And, Good point, yeah. You know what I mean? Unless that one did, and I don't know. I, it um, didn't look like it to me. Now, so. what I don't want, to be honest, though... Even though I played it all the way through and I thought it was good for its time, please don't ever do Star Fox Adventures. I'm sorry. I liked it. I played it. But like, it just felt like a, a Zelda generic thing Ooh. you remember that one it was on gamecube and you were actually on the ground running around as fox mcleod and that was um, oh you're you on know like what? dinosaur island or some dumb no you know why i saw it and i was like this looks so stupid i can't i liked it i played it all the way through but the whole time so i was weird. like i was like dude just make a new zelda already dang you know like why are you oh. making star fox do all this stuff Oh my god! It was like they because you know what it was. I didn't like about it. I think because it was like really dino related, right? Yeah, it was, you were like on some dinosaur island or some kind of. Stuff. I'm trying to remember which one it was. I don't remember if it was a Zelda game where there was like kind of a dino sort of vibe to it. No, that wasn't it. I think you're thinking of Star Fox. Oh my gosh! Because <laughs> it was super Zelda-like. Like, they just took that formula and slapped it on uh, that. But there's this backstory I don't remember at all, but that game was originally not supposed to be Star Fox. And then Nintendo really? was like, hey, that's pretty good. We need a new Star Fox game. They just kind of... It was something like that, anyway. Oh, um, could you imagine open-world Star Fox game where you, like... Not, yeah, that's what I was about to say. So yeah. not many people are going to know my reference here, but for those that do, will totally understand what I'm trying to say. Star Fox, Panzer Dragoon Saga style, because that was an RPG. I have no idea what that is. Also, <laughs> you flew on a dragon. Not many people know about it because it was exclusive on a failed system, the Sega Saturn, right? But it was this oh. epic freaking RPG where you was on the dragon, you could land the dragon, walk around on foot. Um, mm. and, and, and for the time of 32-bit, it was open world for, you know, that time. Um, so something like that with Star Fox would be really sick. That would actually be really cool, wouldn't it? To have like the transition from open world levels where you've got like blasters and stuff. You yeah, know, and you like land in a town, or, yeah. upgrade your ship, yeah. and freaking meet some people, get some quests, and then take off back into another planet. Oh, you know how like Star Wars Republic had like you had like your planets and then you had like the space stuff that you could do? Like, how cool would it be if you sort of like went to a planet maybe you had like some sort of like you know like you had to fly around in some areas maybe you had to go down and do like this open world vibe in some areas or something but you've got like these levels where it's like you're exploring the world and doing the ground part but then going up and going in like actually doing the space part and had to like balance it out 
That would be, be cool. new. That would be different. It'd That'd be, be cool. cool. Yeah. Um, okay, so you guys itching for it? We're almost there. This one's going to be brief. Um, I saw this this one in passing as of today. There's a Ghostbuster VR game in the works. And I actually looked at it, and it's kind of got like the cartoonish thing going on. It looks multiplayer. I could be wrong. Yeah. And I like Ghostbusters, but I kind of feel like maybe this was like some sort of a thing where you had phasmophobia you know how you had like people grouping up mm-hmm. and going and sort of taking out ghosts i kind of can't help but wonder if it got in, if that sort of inspired them to do a ghostbuster sort of like thing where you're having to go seek out the ghosts and stuff it looks like it'll be fun it's probably gonna be more of a kid game but it was just kind of good to see something a little bit different for once um something a little bit different in the especially the vr space because again the VR space, I think if we actually want to see ourselves running around in a really badass RPG or an MMORPG that actually really works, like the more games we can get in and try different things, the better. So, yeah. All right, gentlemen, are you ready? There's a drum roll. I need a drum roll effect for this. Yeah, they're ready. Yes, you do. Renfield's freaking cheese and Nathan's like, eat. <laughs> All right, we got to, I guess, a tap here. Okay, so. He and I both already put content yeah. out around it. Like, yeah. it, Why don't it, we talk like, about it? There's a teaser of sorts. There's a video. There's Why yeah. don't you just jump on in and go ham, you guys? Dragonlance, it, it, it's announced, baby. So Nathan and I, we've been on this show talking about it before. Like, we want, we, mm-hmm. a, we've been wanting a, a, a video game, but we don't know if that's in the works or not, but. You know, with the new trilogy of books coming out from Weiss and Hickman, then they did the playtest like, what, a month ago where they introduced Henders and the Lunar Mages and the Knights of Salamnia. And we just said, they've got to be they've got to be doing it right. It's got it's got to be happening. But when and and when are they going? And they fucking announced it today. All we got was a teaser trailer, but everybody's also geeking out about the voice actors who, who plays uh, from the Expanse and everything else um, doing the voiceover narration. Dragonlance. I'll shut up and let Nathan talk because he's got stuff he wants to talk about. But just, just Dragonlance, Dragonlance, Dragonlance. Yeah, we are so <laughs> streaming this. We are so streaming this when the camp when the module oh, yeah. comes out. When the module comes out later this year, we're streaming it. We're streaming it. Yeah. So the reason this is so exciting is because um, the the world of Kryn uh, for Dragonlance it's just cooler. It's just a little lower fantasy. Um, it makes magic just a little bit more special. Um, and I think that the history and the lore way behind better. it is just way better, like, and, and deeper. I mean, there's just so many novels on it and, and, and uh, uh, the maps they have out for uh, what's the continent? Um, uh, uh, Asalon. Asalon. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like one of the most mapped out uh uh, continents and all of D and D like uh, there's just so much that they can do with it. Oh and, and it's, and it feels super unexplored because we really haven't, I mean, it's been explored big time, right? There's crap loads of novels. There's a cartoon that actually isn't too bad. Um, but getting it back to be able to play it with fifth edition rule set uh, and, and for today and the fact that they're releasing this first campaign as like a, Hey, you don't need to read all 190 novels. We're going to wade you into this whole new world uh, in a way that will introduce it to you and and get you started. And then that means there's going to be more, right? They're going to be releasing other campaigns. 
and people will be taking all this lore from the freaking novels and be able to make their own campaigns. Jeez. And it's a big deal, dude. And for D&D to finally, not that I not that I hate the Forgotten Realms or anything mm-hmm. or Faerun, uh, but come on. Enough's enough, right? Like we've we've been. There's only been, so many times we can go adventuring in the Sword Coast, you know. Right. Yeah. Like I'm loving this little video reel, though. It, yeah. So what's really interesting too is they're taking this back. Let me check the timeline again. Yeah. Uh, um, it's the Lance. It's the War of the Lance, right? Yeah, it's like yeah, it's at the beginning of the War of the Lance. So yeah. we're actually going back yep. to these events that happened. I don't. It's it's just it's a very good timeline to put people in at the beginning of the adventures so that they can then go and use that as a springboard to go read all of the Weiss and Hickman books that kicked off the entire book Mm, series. Because there's a whole shitload of novels. There's like 120. I don't even remember how many. There's way more than that. It's like, I don't remember it. There's a lot of books out there that were put out. Um, around the War of the Lands and beyond. Um, oh, so we've got established heroes. We've got established history. We've got the Cataclysm. We've got all these different things um, going on. And we have the traditional races, but there's three different versions of the elves. But we also Jeez. have the Kender, which the Kender have never been playable as a race before. Everyone's always only ever had hobbits, you know, or halflings, as they would be called in Faerun. But now we're getting the Kender, which is, I guarantee you, People are going to cosplay the shit out of Kinder <laughs> on Twitch streams because it's new and different and everyone loved Tasselhoff and now everyone can be Tasselhoff. But also, also. Daedalus and I are like, what, what the fuck does this mean? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about, dude? <laughs> what? I'm thinking of David Hasselhoff I know and me some too. <laughs> What the actual fuck? But hey, what you guys are into it to each your own, man. Okay. <laughs> Everybody will be into it soon. Soon, <laughs> everyone will know the glory oh, of Karen and Dragonlance. And so many <laughs> chats said, "We hope we get back to some. Um, we get back to a little bit of uh, the uh, what was it called, the Dark Sun." Um, so, yeah, there's a lot to explore, though. Uh, yes. I mean, this could. And here's the deal: a ton of people were saying because we know that D and D. Wizards of the Coast have this uh, open world RPG in the works. Oh, yeah. And I'm really hoping that we get to see this is a Dragonlance game. Oh because God. they're already doing Baldur's Gate 3 in Faerun. Yes. Mm-hmm. It yeah. would make total sense if the other open world RPG they're doing is in Dragonlance. Yes, please. Like in the world. Please. Please. Oh. please. It would work, too. It would coincide with the new novels that are coming out from Weiss and Hickman. It would just make sense from a business perspective to have all this Dragonlance stuff just splooge out all over the internet so that we can all just be like, Get it on my face, Dad. I just want it. <laughs> but if you're if you're completely confused uh, and you don't understand, <laughs> let me just say it like this: Dragon Lance is more like what you thought of back in the '80s or early '90s about advanced uh, Dungeons and Dragons, right? Nice. It's, yeah, it's more yeah. of that kind it's, of feel. I've also heard it described as Star Wars in a fantasy settings, like. The, the way the characters were set up in that book series is very much like kind of the Empire Strikes Back peak Star Wars mentality um, where you've got this band of adventurers going off and doing stuff together. It's And I'm going to say that it's, it's Weiss and Hickman write way better books 
than um, some of the Forgotten Realms novels. I don't, yeah. I don't want to spit in yeah. anybody's direction. You know, there's some good writers in Forgotten Realms, but you know, Driss, Driss can only go so far. You know, uh, at Flint, Flint, Flint Fireforge. You know, Tasselhoff, Burfoot. You know, we got some. You know, Sturm and 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 yeah. and Raceland and and I can't remember the brothers. I mean, the twins. I just the lunar mages. I'm sorry. Yeah, the it's lunar just, mages. Everything's just cooler. It just basically took what you love about fantasy and just made it just super cool and rich. Uh, so, Dragonlance. That's a big freaking deal, man. It was one of those things we didn't think they would. Uh, you know, like we always say, we hope they do it, but like. We're yeah, like, you've yeah, been talking right. about it. it, dude. You've been talking about it on this show for like ever since the beginning. Since dude. I came on the show, yeah, because that's like the a beginning. It's like a typical thing. My wife doesn't even know what the hell I'm talking about. We'll just be driving. I'm looking out the window, but like, man, I wish they would just do something with Dragonlance. Like, there's so much material <laughs> there. <laughs> it's, it's the thought you constantly gravitate back to. Like, <laughs> can you have a stroke, hun? <laughs> so I saw somebody say the twins in chat when you were talking about the twins. What's so significant about the twins? Anybody? From so the moment? twins are uh, if you if you go back and read the original mm. Dragonlance trilogy of books. So sure. uh, Hickman, um, Tracy Hickman, was the one who created the setting with his wife. They both got hired on at TSR at the time to to flesh this setting out and sell it as a campaign setting for dragon for Dungeons and Dragons, right? As instead of Eberron and and Forgotten Realms, they had Dragonlance setting. Then it was okay. We're going to put books out in this world, and and Margaret Weiss came on to co-write those with Hickman. I believe she was an editor at the time and was also working at TSR and worked with him. So they put out this trilogy mm. of books that introduced a series of characters. And I'm not going to lie; I've said this on the show before. Everything I'm doing with the Weave in the Void, yeah, like the business plan, the the setting first book series, that's all based on drag like i totally like based it all off took of the model not and... the, yeah i took the business model right. aspect of it and said i'm going to build the setting we're going to write a series of novels around it then we're going to put the video game in it it's yeah. all that was the business model that i looked at because it was it worked and it was a brilliant way to do things so the in the novels they've established the main series of characters and and two of the characters are a set of twins one of whom is a big burly warrior with low intelligence who is just kind of big dumb brute, but he loves his brother to death. His brother, on the other hand, is a basically chaotic evil. I only oh. care about fucking power to the oh, point wow. where he sacrifices his physical health to get as much magical power as possible. He he has he has hourglass eyes. He can see people dying and aging in front of him. Holy he crap. has he, he's so sick he's like constantly catching sicknesses and his brother's like carrying him around and has to constantly protect him but when the magic time happens like Raceland the twin with the magic powers and Cameron is the physical one it's just this juxtaposition of super physical strength with super physical or super magical strength I mean and Raceland's storyline I mean he ends up becoming like we're going up against the god of magic and and there's just and and just in the storyline is so cool, but that's what everyone refers to as the twins because their storyline is integral to pretty much the entirety of the Dragonlance series of novels because of Raceland's involvement in magic and what he does with oh, the Pantheon wow. of Gods. Sounds um, super so interesting. That that was a that framework gave me inspiration to like actually read more about it now because I'm like I can get behind was, that. What yeah. was the big trilogy? Um, 
because like if you're gonna look there's no way possible for you to read like i just looked it up there's actually 190 novels that's right it's like 200 there's like yeah 200. like yeah. that's legit that's hold how many on. there are hold on um, hold on hold on so you're not hold gonna be able novels? to yes huh? yeah what so yeah. it started off with weiss and hickman they wrote the original trilogy and then they yes. wrote i don't know another 20 or 30 books in the series but then they contracted out and they gave outlines to other writers who came in. And so it was the same. This was the business model, God, by the way, dude. that Forgotten Realms copied. Okay. When Elmore took off, and then um, not Elmore, sorry, um, the Drift Rider. I can't. Why am I blanking? It's race. Uh, who wrote the you, Drift novels? Why am I blanking? Oh, I'm Salvatore. There you go. Yeah. Ari Salvatore, he his business model was taken from the Dragonlance business model. Wow. Like we're gonna, he's gonna write that original series and then they're going to have other authors come in so yeah all of the authors together put out about 200 novels in the Dragon but if you just want to read some yeah core tell me, I, yeah just and it's called the uh dragon lance chronicles right okay cool is that right i think i'm telling is that right renfell i uh, think so it's the summers of yeah it's the summer autumn winter one or spring summer i forget there's three of them yeah, and they yeah, wrote that's, a trilogy, though, right? yeah, that's that's the yeah. chronicles so you want the Dragonlance chronicles i'm actually oh. gonna read those yeah that's um, what you pull this pulls up when i start searching <laughs> Again, for it i'm gonna read those this weekend because uh, they're so, so good and and i'm not gonna lie like everything oh, i'm writing bitch. right now like, books <laughs> the um when i sat down to do the outline for the weave of the void i literally said i've never done that third person omniscient writing style before because i've always done third person limited or first person so i was like i love what they did with Dragonlands. i'm going to do the same thing with the chapters for the weave in the void so that's how i've been writing that and what i did when i started doing the outline is I actually went and reread the Dragonlands chronicles because i needed to get in the mindset of how am i so going to how am i going to write from the character perspective of having multiple characters in a chapter with all having points of view yeah and they did it they do it way better than salvatore does it in my mind um oh, that's interesting uh, but it's such a fun trilogy but then there's the the time of the twins uh that's another trilogy uh there's there's a few but read the first three the yeah. dragonlance chronicles i'm not so, 190 and, books dear lord dude. you don't have to you don't that's have crazy to. though that's like that is a lot of story that's how good it is dude like, holy hell i've once, never heard what? such a thing once you've experienced Dragonlance, like all <laughs> the other fantasies <laughs> you'll just kind of be like yeah those are good but then there's dragon Right? Really? Um, You're talking about stuff for fantasy period, except for Tolkien. Oh, there you go. Pass, right? I wouldn't <laughs> attack him, but besides him, dude, there's nothing else. Like there's the world Tolkien. Building. Yeah. And this is where people don't give people don't give Trace Hickman enough um, credit because him and his wife were the ones. And by the way, Dragonlance was not their first setting. They had done. That's why they got hired at TSR was because they had built up a reputation for creating these amazing settings in tabletop worlds before they got hired on by by tsr to do dragonlance their world building skills are amazing and the thing is like, his wife is almost never mentioned and yet she's like the creative force she's the one i the think shit. of actually i think of really? her uh first um, and because i'm always afraid to say her name because i wasn't sure if it was a german it's but Vi- wasn't sure if it's vice or weiss um so i'm always afraid to say her name but uh the uh, dude <laughs> dragonlance was the the concept was made up in a car ride on the to, way. to TSR to go pitch it. Like these people are geniuses, man. Okay, Nathan, freaking crazy. Okay, I'm gonna tell you something important that I, I want right. to share. It's a kind of an announcement. Okay, 
Okay. <laughs> Why are you giggling, dude? I, I just I feel like you need to calm down, sir. <laughs> me? I need to calm down. No, I thought that's what you're gonna say to me. Oh, like, no, bro. no, no. I'm like, <laughs> no, I was just gonna tell you I got a special announcement. Okay. I'm gonna get the trilogy this weekend and take a read. Mm. How about that? Mm. And it's quick. It's quick. By the I'm way, uh, it too, this he said it in chat right now. They also created the Ravenloft setting, Tracy Hickman and his wife. Oh, yeah. yeah. So now Which Weiss is, is his oh, wife. So That's like right everybody's now. favorite right now. Weiss actually. is his writing partner, but Tracy's wife is the one who helps him create all the settings. But they did Ravenloft. They did a lot of other stuff. Um, and if you're reading it this weekend, it is a total. You can pound those three books in a weekend easy because they're really fast paced. Really? And they're. Yeah, it's so good. Like you wow. won't want to put it down. Like you'll just start reading. The next thing you know, it's four o'clock in the morning, and it's like shit. I'm like forty chapters right. in. The sun's okay. coming up. I might as well keep going. <laughs> All right. If you're telling me that nonsense, you're gonna actually tell then, me it's that good. Hmm? And Sam, now while you're reading it, you'll be knowing also that you're gonna be in this world soon. Like mm-hmm. by the end of the year. Fuck. Now you're gonna drug along on that adventure. Epic. Epic. So is it? Yeah. Is this is this is it right here? Dragons, uh, autumn twilight, winter yep, night, yep, and spring dawning. Yep, yep, those are the three. That's it. Okay, gentlemen, there's a paperback right there for twenty three dollars. Pretty pretty low yeah, cost. Nice it's, and cheap. It's been out for a long time. You yes. Know. Guess what? Um, guess who just checked hey. out of that motherfucker? Dude, I'm gonna bring mine on the show next week. My original one. It looks are like you? <laughs> looks like crap, dude. It's I fumbled through it so many times. It looks like it's Wait. actually ancient. I only dude. have it on the Kindle now because all my stuff's <laughs> up in the states. But um, well, uh, I just reread them like six months ago. I just got told, "Don't do it, Sim." In chat by Alfino. How come? Because it's gonna change your life, dude. You'll be a different person. Oh, you'll emerge. Come on, dude. You'll be better. You'll be a better. You'll be a better person, but you will change. You will come out and be like, "Oh my gosh, uh, I, I can't look at this fantasy crap the same anymore." Oh, I've don't. seen the best. Now I've seen the best. I will not settle for less. Mm. <laughs> it really is. It really is an amazing set. Oh, and here's where it's really gonna freak you out, dude. If yeah. you like the books, just wait. Weiss and Hickman went on to write other book series together, including one of my favorite book series of all time, which is the Ninth Gate Cycle, which mm. if once you get into reading this book series, there's a certain wizardly figure who we can call like a Gandalf type figure mm-hmm. who has a certain name. Then if you go read the Ninth Gate Cycle, you see another wizardly figure who bears a certain resemblance to the character in the Dragonlance series, but his name is flipped around and he's called something different. And then they oh. did another series together. I think it's the Maybe it was the Dark Sword series. I forget. There's another wizardly figure that shows up, and his name is spelled slightly different. And he's basically like a dimensional hopping kind of wizardly character who makes references to things from the real world, but in a fantasy setting. He's a really fun guy. He's a really cool guy to hang out with. He's really (laughs) important to multiple book series, and he shows up in all these different places. It's a lot of fun. Uh, if you Ooh. if you then like these books enough to go on and read other things by Weiss and Hickman, because I'll tell you what, twins, from a world War of the Twins, Test yes. of the Twins, yes, that's the other trilogy. That's oh, that's the storyline that continues the story of the twins. Um, oh, because also from a world readings perspective, now that you're getting into writing and everything else, I'm going to push you in the direction of the Ninth Gate cycle because oh, dude, this would be good for your for your for your yeah, writing. It yeah, really will. Oh, oh yeah, um, this would be really for, good for yeah, it. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's world inspiring. building. Talk about me. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Which one? This is 
This is no, this the, one. the trilogy. Yeah, oh, the trilogy. Really? This one might also, good. I didn't think you're about You're talking about the but one I'm I also, said that I'm going to that I'm going to I've already kind of ordered right yes. that one. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Dragonlance Chronicles, but also Weiss and Hickman wrote a seven book series called the Ninth Gate Saga or Ninth Gate Cycle mm. that I'm going to want to push you towards if you like this trilogy because it's even better. Everybody says that's like their best work because they had perfected their writing style together oh my God, and it's dude. like it's like it's like a bunch of planets and a labyrinth and a, oh my god mind blown get ready man you're, you're getting ready for the ride of a lifetime it says it'll be here saturday so i go. don't i take saturdays to do my writing and stuff usually so let's make sure i, I get that done how many of those books are being sold today i, I just gotta wonder because i ordered a new set because i didn't want to have to read my my crumbling uh my crumbling ones. I wanted a new a new set, so I ordered a new set today. And Sim, just I bet you a bunch of people did. Right, be sold oh, out I'm all of a sudden. <laughs> By the way, I gotta say that V Rising game that's on the way right now. I'm actually digging that, man. You know, I actually, uh, yeah, I'm I'm kind of stoked, man, because like I haven't played a survival game in a while because like I've played like Don't Starve and I've done like Ark. I played Ark a ton and I liked Ark and I really enjoyed playing Ark. Like that was like one of those games where when I was discovering it all for the first time, like I couldn't get enough of it. What do you mean, Dark Sim incoming? Maybe. Um, I'm. I think I think I actually you're a vampire, so you can't be light sim. I know. I was like, uh, I think I said something about what did I call it? Um, Awaken my dark side. Yeah, that was the title of the video I did. But I was basically talking about the possibility. So, survival games, you get a lot of them, right? But like, it's exciting because we got City of Heroes. It's free. Like, you can get in there. You can access as a community free. Lord of the Rings Online now has got an even bigger like i mean the gate is is much wider open and there's very very much less limitations now so there's another game for the community and then this one will probably come at a cost but v rising's like i'm not a big isometric fan it can i it can i can work with it for certain things and, and certain styles of games um definitely not for mmorpgs survival i i did it and don't starve so it kind of worked because it was similar um and that that game had a, a different kind of perspective but i got the uh, rising's interesting because you know it's very much a gothic survival game and the fo- you know and a lot of times when you play survival games the cool the cool spin that they're going with this is that in survival games usually at night sort of when you go and you get back to your place and you stay there think about minecraft right you don't want to be out of creepers and shit skeletons endermen all that stuff right suck yeah and you barely can see that the little shits too i mean they'll catch you off guard in the day at night with the wrong lighting you're not even gonna see them when they're blowing all you hear is the boom right but v rising's like gothic approach right it's survival and the survival revolves around the fact that like you're a vampire so you could be out a day but you've got to like be very cautious about making sure you're using like shadows and things like that. And then you've got like these little uh, sort of like peasant villages or whatever that you can sort of go. You can like actually recruit for your castle, I guess. So you've got like actual characters there. Then you've also got the supernatural element that you can go face. So it kind of feels vibes of like, because in Valheim, they capitalized on the, the Norse element, right? Which was really cool. Mm-hmm. And right. this one, I think they're they're really doubling down and, and really capitalizing on the, the just 
everything that it means to be a vampire, to grow your vampire army, to to try to be like the next Dracula. There's even a the the potential for PvP for the people that are interested. So, which you had in like Ark and Conan Exiles if you wanted to play it that way too. So, so this is interesting. It, I'm hoping it delivers. Um, that a lot com- of people are hyped about it. I'm pretty stoked. Um, I've had some interactions with some of the development team that were actually really cool, just kind of circumstantially happened or whatever. Um, nice. But I was planning on checking it out anyway, just because even like the the art, like the art that they've made for that game, just like it feels really good, really immersive yeah. for me. Yeah, it does really look pretty nice. good. Yeah, so I'm I'm di- I'm digging that. I have a feeling Sims gonna go a little dark side. Salpina was right in chat about that, but I can't do. I I just can't do vampires. Right. Which, by the way, they voted me to go dark side. We talked about this on the the last Weave in the Void uh, roundtables. We're like having these like preliminary discussions about, you know, we're we're getting ready to get into that point where we start to talk about the classes and stuff more and like kind of tinkering around with it. So it's kind of interesting and it's going to be interesting to see what we pick and everything. But I've got to I've got to pick a, a, you know, kind of a dark character. So um, I'm gonna I'm gonna enjoy. Yeah, and myself. we're about to um, we're about to start that this upcoming mm-hmm. Sunday. We're actually starting the uh, Weave and Void boot camp, and we're gonna actually start to create the characters live and go through what everyone wants to play. Um, maybe tweak some of the classes a little bit to customize what people want to do. Like Bounty had something that he wanted to do that was a little unique that wasn't actually built mm-hmm. into the classes right. that had already created, but it was like. Let's we can we can make that work. Like we'll 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 figure something out. Um, so I'm looking forward to that because uh, we're gonna see if we get influenced by outside sources. Um, see where Sim wants to take this. Oh, homie! If I go dark side, like I, I'm I'll. You remember how Idrildor was? <laughs> he's he's yeah. He, he was a turd, right? <laughs> like he played the rogue part quite well. Like, yeah, I'm probably going to be like the bad boy, like a real bad boy. You know what I mean? Like everybody in the party will be happy with me. But like I will I will do some pretty dark shit just because you, if you got a light bringer, you got a dark bringer, death bringer, too. I'm just saying I, you got to balance it out in life, homies. Like, listen, listen, all I can think about is I'm <laughs> glad I'm already on the show before you go dark side. Why do you say that? <laughs> just saying that. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I got casted. <laughs> You're glad you got casted before I put on before that. Before you get the dark side. Yeah, that's right. Oh my god. Oh my god. That's yeah, so funny. I, I slid in smash right before evil? that too. <laughs> Sparrow said smash evil. Man, I don't know what to tell you, man. Just gonna have to see what happens, I guess. He I was talking know. about V Rising, Cobra King. Yes, V Rising. It's a survival game. It's actually May eighteenth, seventeenth, May May seventeenth. Early access. Mm-hmm. Then, yeah. The I gotta say though, like, I mean, if you, it's survival, so you're gonna be crafting, probably building everything. So yeah. it's interesting because when I look at those like gothic uh, interiors, it looks really nice. It's not like really the kind of style of a survival game I'm used to seeing. So it's gonna be. It's going to be different, man. I'm curious to see how it all works. It feels like the building might be easier, too, than something like Valheim. Though, I mean, I really like the building in Valheim. Mm -hmm. Don't get me wrong. But I think this feels like it might be 
little easier placement to get something like really mega cool more quickly instead of you know needing a structural design degree yeah. in time. Uh, oh my god! Yeah. No <laughs> right. more fillings and trying to get. I lost back. days in that game. I'm like, what happened? What day is it? Oh, it's Monday again. Oh no, dude! Like entire <laughs> weekends were gone. Oh my god, Alfina's <laughs> getting all the good clips today, y'all, dude. <laughs> Glad I got casted. Look, that the, the, the couch thing's a lie. Okay, I. You all have to understand. All right, I would never lie to anyone here, right? If I'm doing something bad, I just don't talk about it. Yeah, I need you to roll a 20 for persuasion right now. I'm really? not I feel like, it. I feel <laughs> like we were all compelled prior to the show to not, not talk about things. Yeah. Yeah, remember when we had the big mating last week, guys? <laughs> Gotta be careful in my words. What happens on the couch stays on the couch. What? There's no couch. I mean, there's no. Hold the meeting to the dark side. Until I clean it. What? <laughs> That's so funny, man, dude. Uh, I don't, we have anything else in the agenda? We kind of derailed a little the bit D there. It was the, great. Just real quick, I know you, you had it on oh, the list. The movie. We skimmed over it. The D and D movie. Oh, dude. They just announced the logo today and the name of the film is all they did. But the cast. I was geeking out about the fact that they've got um, Hugh Grant as a bad guy, and he's been doing a really good job as bad guys over the last five, six years in his films. But also Chris Pine. Now, I True. am a huge fan of Chris Pine. Um, above and beyond his Star Trek stuff, I love the Kelvin films. Um, I think he's a good job. If you have not seen The Outlaw King on Netflix, oh, it's good, dude. that is a perfect example of who Chris Pine is as an actor. Yeah, um, you got to see that. Yeah, everyone's calling him the the Robert Redford of his generation. He is just a solid actor. Good looks. Um, he's like one of the four Chris's, but he's not like a Marvel Chris. You know what I mean? But he's uh, still just a damn good actor. Can actually see um, that reference when you when I think about it a bit. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah. having him come on a and D brings, I think, some gravitas to the to the to the franchise. Michelle Rodriguez, not so much because she's done a whole bunch of, of genre stuff over the years. I love her as the actress, but also she's done like, you know, the the um, the, the Resident Evil movies and mm -hmm. some other stuff. So but Chris Pine brings like movie star status to the D&D yeah. film. And that was something that the last D&D film didn't have because the only the only person they had that was really a known figure was Jeremy Irons. And he was at a low point in his career when oh, he brought this. that last campy, movie. Ooh. It was so bad, like his, his character. And then the Wayne brother, uh, too. Remember? Yeah. Yep, yep, at the yep, end, yep. you remember the ending, dude, where he goes over to the <laughs> stones and, it, and the, the two the two ladies are there with him. And it's like they're getting ready to go because they've just like saved the kingdom and everything, which was like, oh, that was, you know. And then you get to the end and they go to stones, your, your friend's waiting for you. And they all touch it and they get pulled away into this magical like orb that like takes them away. And that's the end of the movie. It's like, you know, and you're it's like, bad. oh, dude. Yeah. So Jesus. I'm, I'm, I have good feelings about this, and plus, I also think the franchise has moved forward enough now. Whether uh, Wizards is not willing to risk it on a shitty nah. adaptation. Yeah, it didn't um, matter as much back then. You no. know what I mean? Like, it was just brand awareness, yeah. whatever. You know, um, now you know they actually are in the best position they've ever been in. Uh, you yeah. know, sales, et cetera. 
Kind of the time for D&D, isn't it? <laughs> oh, and also yeah. they announced on D&D Direct that Neverwinter, the MMO, is also getting a dragon expansion, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's on its last legs, so, you know. Man, well, I mean, you know, when, when you're on your last leg, <laughs> in, inject dragons or insert dragons, right? You gotta... Why are you laughing, Daedalus? Okay, you gotta insert... I don't understand why... You when in doubt, just throw some dragons in there. Yeah, the fanboys Yeah, I mean it's kind of the thing, isn't it? Like when it's going downhill, like take the most epic thing that there is and just throw it in. Right? Even if it sucks, they'll buy into it to try it at least. Because even with what's going on with World of Warcraft, like how many people that are like, I'm not doing it. It's like, well, I can play as a dragon-like character now. <laughs> And I can have my own dragon, even if I don't play that class. Right. I mean, before it was like uh, the demon hunter and legions. Like I could be a freaking demon hunter, dude. Like, but that was specific to. Yeah. Work I'm not a big fan of the race as a class and the class as a race, though. That yeah, is weird to me. Weird, like, it's the it? first time we're doing that. And you're like, what? Yeah, it's the uh, first time you're doing it because it's not a good idea. I think that's going to be one of their worst ideas of this. Expansion. I mean, isn't Demon Hunter the race? Is the I mean, I know it's based on an elf, but that's still, a isn't good that the same point. Thing? That's a good point. You know, like, it's I, not I, the I, first I, time you're I, just reskinning that shit. Yeah, that's what's happening. But the, so I don't think everybody's had, mind just got blown, didn't it? Oh they didn't my have god, it's so true. Demon Hunter, though, they would have had to super break the lore or something, right? So, and maybe they don't with the Invoker either. But as far as I'm aware. That's just kind of they're pulling out of their ass as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Could be wrong. But ultimately it's not a new concept. It's like they've done it before, right? True, Whether it's floor breaking or not. Funny. And plus the fact that they're like, hmm. And and, and there's like this one more rant on this, and then I'll, yeah, I'll, go I'll leave for it alone. But one more one more rant is pretty much they're making this class could either be really like OP or it could be really crappy. Because you're pretty much doing like a DPS. Is it like a DPS, range DPS, or a healing? I want to say like a hybrid, maybe, depending on where you go. So I'm I'm really interested to see how that will pan out, good or bad. Because obviously the Death Knights have always had like yeah. that whole like OP thing going on, right? For the most part. Um, but now, I'm, I, I don't know, it, it just feels like another Death Knight thing to me, but in my day, I see, I see, I see Redville braiding his beard on like the princess braids his beard. Is <laughs> I have to pee so bad right now. I'm trying to keep myself distracted. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Well, good news. That just happens to be the end of our show, friends. We've got, we've had. <laughs> Oh my god! Oh my gosh! Uh, so books on the horizon, things to read, friends. We are gonna be doing our community night here tomorrow in City Heroes this week, and uh, yeah, so definitely come hang out if you want to join us and play. Everybody's welcome. Um, I'm gonna let the homies shout out their domains and where you can find them when they're not on a show. We'll start with Renfail. Uh, YouTube.com forward slash Renfail is where all my gaming stuff takes place. I've been streaming daily, 7 in the morning till noon. Uh, that'll probably remain true the rest of uh, April and May. I'm going to try out a different schedule. We'll get to there later. But mm -hmm. um, all my gaming stuff happens over there. Big thing, though. This is where I want everybody to go, everybody to focus on. Sunday nights, twitch.tv forward slash Weave in the Void. Mm -hmm. uh, we are inching our way closer to the start date for the live streaming campaign for the Weave in the Void campaign, which kicks off on June 5th. 
But over the next six weeks or so, we're going to be doing the pre preparation for that. So we got Simmer, we got Nathan, we got Bounty Code, we got Sparrow, we got my brother, we got my wife, all starting to create the characters, the group going through the lore and everything else that is the world of the Weave and the Void, which again is heavily based, you know, at least worldwide and everything else off of Dragonlance. Um, and the books are just about out. They're due out June 1st. So if you want to pre-order those, you can go over to patreon.com forward slash wandering hermits. Nathan's doing character art for those. You can see teasers of his artwork and Christina's artwork on all of our social media channels. Um, so go over there and pick all that stuff up. And also the book chapters are coming out twice a month. Chapter 17 just went live today. There's also a point and click adventure game like King's Quest, if you like, in the same setting. You can download the demo for free over there and pre-order that. That's due out later this year. But uh, yeah, check all that stuff out. And Nathan. Yeah, you can find me at YouTube as well, the Nathan Napalm, and uh, on Twitter as well. Um, I'm doing the things that Rimfell talked about, and then um, uh, on Monday uh, Monday nights, I do the um, my D and D campaign, which we're running Horde of the Dragon Queen in D and D. And um, we're, we're almost done with the first book, and then we're moving on to uh, Rise of Tiamat. Um, I'm doing that with uh, one of the developers is playing with us uh, from Pantheon Rise of the Fallen. And, um, yeah, and then also we're playing uh, Project Gorgon on Tuesday nights. Uh, you just reminded me, too. Pantheon um, Plus on Twitch. Mm -hmm. You yeah, you just remind me too. Um, Sparrow, Nathan, myself, as well as some other individuals are going to be starting on. I got an announcement video coming out tomorrow. I'll link it to you guys. But uh, May 6th is our start date. We're going to be playing Project 1999 together on Friday nights. We're going to be streaming those sessions on our individual channels. And some of us will be creating uh, role play content around that stuff too. So keep an eye out for that. And Daedalus. Okay, you can find me on Twitter at the Ashen Herald and on YouTube, youtube.com slash C slash the Ashen Herald. And friends, we might be at the end of the show, right? But we are always looking for more to join the party. Rants plenty until next week. Live your best lives, walk in the light, and have a great night, friends. We're going to see you again real soon. Good night, everybody. Thank you, everyone. Good night. Oh my god, <laughs> unbelievable. Can't believe it.